Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on the Tuesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate you joining us. 203, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie, yes. got a big debut tonight. The Flying V, baby. The Flying V. The, the Blues are going to break out the Flying V. Their you know, own I saw, version of the Flying V tonight. I saw a documentary one time on the Flying V. Yeah. The invention of it. Uh-huh. Uh, the unbelievable documentary they, they did a couple parts on it in fact mm-hmm. gordon bombay of course uh one of the greatest gms known to man also the head coach at the time he invents this flying v and uh it's virtually unstoppable how does it think, work anthony well you you picture you of course your your alphabet mm-hmm. and uh eventually okay. you get through the abcs and you you get to the the letter v mm-hmm. you, so you, you you picture a v okay i okay i like picturing that now Flip it upside down, Jamie. Okay. It's an upside. It's now an upside it's a triangle. down. Basically, like you don't close. Too. You don't close out the triangle. And as you move toward center ice, and then of course getting your own offensive zone, you can do all kinds of things with that puck. And the opponent doesn't know who's got the puck. So does it remain? So they're skating a v? backwards. Oh yeah, all the so way you up do the all ice. All sorts of things with the V. Yeah. Okay. All sorts of things. You can move that V around uh-huh. any way you want. Now, how do you keep the play on side, though? Uh, you don't. <laughs> hmm. I feel like I've That's seen the same true. documentary. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. And I would have challenged for offside. <laughs> I also think by the, sec- by the second installment of the documentary... Uh-huh. That one team just, just just blows that thing up right they, away. They yeah, did, they absolutely just pulverized. Mm-hmm. That yeah, beat. actually, a few teams did. Yeah, part one or part two and part three. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems like the teams kind of picked up on that V. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. uh, did what they wanted to do. Threw that V all around. Yeah, they did. My yes, thing, they should. But I I will maintain that Gordon Bombay is one of the greatest general managers in sports. He's a Minneapolis sports miracle history. man. He, I, he absolutely was. was. He absolutely was. was. And that's what we're hoping for tonight. Jacob Verana coming into town. Uh, maybe not necessarily the miracle man, but looking for a second chance to prove himself here for the St. Louis Blues. Just like Gordon Bombay. Just like Gordon Bombay did uh, you know, several times, for that matter. Got a lot of chances. But with Verana, he's going to be on line with Braden Shen. And old Casper, our guy, Casper Kapanen. It's an intriguing line. It really is. They've got a lot of speed on the wings. And Braden Shen's a great skater, too. Certainly a lot more physical than either of those two guys are. Um, but Casper Kapanen has shown in his first three games that he's more than willing to get to the dirty areas. And he's more than willing to, you know, shoot the puck. Two goals in three games, albeit one's an empty netter. But guess what that tells me, Anthony? Still counts. No, he's guess on, what? It's on, he's on the ice when you're winning. He's on the ice. Late. At the end of a game, um, and Coach Barubi certainly wanted, to, probably wanted to test the waters. How is he going to react? How is he going to play? Let's see. Well, he ends up with a goal. 
And then he ends up with a beautiful goal. Shorthanded. Shorthanded, man. Who, by the way, text line, uh, Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Who had uh, Kapanen on the penalty kill on their bingo card? I did not. I did not. I didn't even know they were printing those ones. Mm-mm. I did not see that coming. And if you did get that card, you thought to yourself, wow, I'm screwed. Yeah, this is a bad one. I'm not winning I'll anything play it, tonight. Yeah. But I'm not winning. And now no. now look at you. Yeah. yeah. You sometimes, got that dabber out. You're dabbing everywhere. Sometimes you got to think outside of the box, Jamie. Do something that people aren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Construct uh, your bingo card in a way that... You know, might not be popular, but you win that way. That's yeah. what that's what basically Craig Berube did. Mm. You get it. I totally get it. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see tonight against the Arizona Coyotes, the old mullet arena, Jacob Verana making his debut. I, look, it, we've talked about this several times already, but I'm all for the second chances. Take it from... Anthony, take it from a guy who got several chances in this league. Okay? Several. Mm-hmm. Like lots. They wanted you. Yeah. The, uh, the team yeah, wanted you. I mean, you. so I appreciate the way that you spun that mm-hmm. because people say, well, that's because everybody wanted you. What about the team that I came from? They apparently didn't want me. Well, the, their cap issues and things like no, that. No, there was no salary yeah, cap okay. for the most, most part of it, Anthony. You know, and, Trust me, the number I was making wasn't affecting the salary cap. Jamie, they just—I mean, they—you were ahead of your time. Sure, I think yeah. you were ahead of your time, and mm. teams didn't know what they had in you. Yeah, uh, literally, they didn't know if you were an offensive defenseman or just somebody that punches people. Yeah, I didn't locker know either. Room guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you always found a job, though, didn't you? I did. And so that's why I'm a big believer in second, third, fourth chance, whatever it is. Uh, and this is an opportunity for the young man to come in here and prove something. He's got a run of, what, 20-ish games left? I'd have to double-check that. But still, it's a good little patch of hockey ahead of him that he can prove that he is a scorer in this league, that he can bring some of that offense that he had in Washington. Now, my only concern, never mind the defensive side of the puck or the consistent effort or the coachability, we'll just leave that over to the side because none of that has happened here yet. Okay, so I'm not going to worry about any of those things until I see them on the ice as a St. Louis Blue. What I think of, though, is he was really good offensively with a really good team. You had Ovechkin, you had Backstrom, you had, like, Kuznetsov. Like, go down the list. You had a ton of guys that were capable players, and Verona was a nice accent piece to that. It's not that the Blues don't have some good players. They don't have Ovechkin. They don't have Backstrom, obviously. They did have Oshie at one point. They did. They did. But he, uh, actually, TJ Oshie played with Jacob Verona, too. So all of that coming together, I, I, I think that I'm anxious to see how, how he plays drives offense how he's not an accent piece but how he's a guy that drives the offense that that is leading the team with scoring opportunities because that's what he's gonna have to be here in st louis he can't just be an add-on like he can't be the depth scoring he's gonna have to be a lot of the primary scoring for this to be successful for both the player and the team and uh so when i when i look at this whole experiment coming to fruition I like the line that he's on. Why not give him a chance to play with a really good centerman that plays both ends of the ice with a guy who's done nothing but really good things since he's been here and capping him 
And now he gets a fresh opportunity with those guys. So Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider, tweeting out about five minutes ago that Craig Ruby added that Verona, uh, on adding Verona to the power play, quote, he looks like he can handle the half wall with his vision and puck skill, and it looks like he's not afraid to shoot. He shot some today in practice. It's always good when you're running the half wall to make sure you have a shot mentality too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, there's so many things that are going to sort themselves out over the next, you know, 20 games for the Blues. You're going to figure out what you have going into next season, going into the off season, and then Doug Armstrong is going to know, uh, quite honestly, exactly what the job is that lies ahead of him. So, I like it. Well, let's get after it. Power play, penalty kill, let everybody get after it. When you look at tonight's game, of course, they're taking on the Coyotes. They have 52 points. Blues have 59. Do you find it difficult for, for Blues fans to sort of tiptoe that line between wanting to see these guys progress and get better heading into next year and also maybe wanting to fall backwards as they're playing a team that is lower than them in the standings if they want to get a higher draft pick? Are you suggesting they lose? Yeah, what are no, you? No, no, I'm just What the hell Marsh. are you talking about? Hey, no. Marsh, I know this season hasn't gone I know the way the you way... just worded that was very lawyer-ish. Yeah. <laughs> but are you suggesting they lose? No. Here's the thing, Marsh. Jamie and I have spoken to a lot of lawyers, okay? So we, Today, we know. actually, a couple. Yeah, we know what we're doing, okay? We know when you say something like that, you're getting cute about it. Hmm. What you mean is you're tanking. And we don't do that here in the loop. Nope. Okay. We don't do that in the STL. Not on my watch. Nope. I, I just posed the so. question. You know what? You guys just answered it. I don't like your question. Well, you know what, Jamie? I don't like your attitude. Well, really, my attitude. I'm not suggesting we lose, Andrew. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Here mm. I am pumping up a guy to help us win, and you're suggesting we lose. I didn't suggest I've heard thing. enough here in the you fast alluded, lane. You alluded it. I've heard enough here in the fast lane. What are the benefits of hanging on to that Fabergé egg? We'll find out. We come back here on 101 ESPN. Easter egg? Go to break, damn it. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We've you know, we've heard often from Cardinals fans that get a little frustrated, Jamie, when the team decides to not make big moves in the offseason or at the trade deadline. And one of the reasons that people feel as though the Cardinals don't make moves, specifically at the trade deadline, is because they're trying to protect their prospects. They're a team that just wants to hold on to those Fabergé eggs. Right? We've heard uh, Bernie talk about that before What's a Fabergé egg? Well, basically, it's a it's an egg, yeah. Jamie. Uh, can you eat it? No, no. I think it's made you of can't? porcelain or um, glass so or you, you something breakable. You could eat it. Just wouldn't advise it. Right. Okay. I don't think it'd be good going in, nor would it be good coming out. I agree. Yeah. But they protect these prospects, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Don't want to give those up overvalue the prospects here's the flip side of that jamie jordan walker mason win we don't know ultimately what they're going to be but if jordan walker makes the club and he winds up being a regular for this team 
or Mason Wynn eventually comes up, and I don't think it'll be this year, but maybe a year from now, you look around the diamond, Dylan Carlson, Lars Newtbar, Walker, Wynn, Gorman, Nolan Gorman, if he winds up being Norman. <laughs> Did you just call him Norman? You saw me <laughs> leaning in, Nolan. didn't you? I think I said Nolan, and then I caught myself, I'm like, I want to say Nor- Norman every single time because who was it? Miles Michaelis that did that? No, it was the lefty there out of the bullpen. The hell was his name? Who did it? Marsh. Who, it who was did the reliever. Norman Norman. Oh, that was. Uh, well, he's not with the team anymore, but. Uh, yeah. That was. Man, it? he was a lefty. Yeah, he came out of the bullpen. He had a great year, and then we re signed him. He had a bad year. Oh, my gosh. Text line help? I, can't, I, can't, I don't know. I don't know this why. This is going to bug me. Mm. Oh, TJ so, McFarlane. Yeah. Oh, McFarlane. Yeah, there we go. That's right, TJ McFarlane. I knew it was a... Animal. All the singers, Kevin Segrist. Anyways. Yeah. When, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> well, he's a lefty, too. Cardinals reliever. It sure is. When you're talking about Gorman, you're looking around the time. Edmund, Brennan Donovan. These are all young cost control players. The benefit of that is that it creates flexibility. With your roster, your spending, for those that want the Cardinals to spend more, it's a it, first of all, it's a DeWitt thing. We've talked about this, not a, necessarily a Mo thing. Mo's got to get the sign off before he before he makes any moves. But it's a lot easier to make moves to sign free agents to multi your contracts when you're looking around your roster and it's like cost control, cost control, cost control, cost control, and they're all regulars, they're all starters. This is the flip side of holding on to those pieces. I think the Cardinals are doing it the right way. Eventually, though, they're going to have to take the sledgehammer to the fr- to the to the fly. Eventually, you're going to be in a spot where you're like, okay, now we have to go over the top with this and go out and get somebody that either at the deadline or the off or or in the off season that's going to add to the top <laughs> of the roster. Okay, so what if Walker is exactly what he is right now? Are you still having to take a sledgehammer? He might be the sledgehammer. So that's what I'm implying. Lineup-wise, yeah. Lineup-wise, no, but maybe pitching. Okay. Pitching definitely. All right. So then we'd be in agreement there that if Jordan Walker is even a version of what he is right now, and you've got Nolan Gorman, who's having himself a day, mind you. Looks like he's got to have a good day. Norman. Yeah, Storman, Norman, Gorman. Yep. He's got a home run today and a couple of at least one really good defensive play, John Denton reporting from the Cardinals that uh, showed good range and a cannon arm over to first base for the out. So, look, Gorman looking good. Walker looking good. Mason Wynn, for all intents and purposes, he's looking good. Maybe you have those top of the order, top of the thing for as far as positional players. Then at some point you're going to have to take one of those guys or a combination or something that's not working. Maybe one of your outfielders is not working. Mm-hmm. And go get another top of the order or top of the rotation sure. pitcher. I hate that's to, really what they're missing, man. Definitely. And I hate to mention especially with the question marks around Wayno right now. Right. And I hate to mention this team, but just think of the build. Don't think of the team. Okay? Oh boy, here we go. What? What team do you think I'm gonna mention? Jamie? The Dodgers. No. I wasn't, honestly. I, I don't want to mention this team. Just think about it for a second. I I hate nobody likes this team. But the way that they built their championship team was in a very specific way. Don't tell me the Cubs. It was the Cubs. Son of a... They brought in position players through the draft, or like Rizzo was a a trade that didn't break the bank or anything. Once they build the position players up, 
they started to throw a bunch of free agent dollars at pitchers, John Lester and whoever. That is an approach that maybe the Cardinals will have to take because you don't have the pitching st- the pitchers to, to, to come up through the farm system and be ready to go. Rarely do you have like both things because of the draft. And from an offense standpoint, I think the Cardinals are going to be just fine there. From a pitching standpoint, that's where I think a lot of the free agent dollars are going to have to go to. Because as... You think the pitching's coming via free agency? It may have to. To match up with the fact that you've got, you know, Nolan Arenado, prime of his career. Paul Goldschmidt's not in his prime anymore. I mean, he's... Well, no, he's he's coming off an MVP season. Absolutely. It's not too bad. But you you have this window now. If you do hit on Walker... What is he, 34? Yeah, 34, 35. Continue. So you've got this window now, Jamie, for the position players. And you've got got young guys to help that window stay open. But you don't have the top-end pitching to follow Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, and whoever. So I think, yes, you're going to have to spend the free agent dollars on pitchers or trade some of these other prospects that are coming up. Yeah, you better hurry up. Because 35, he's 35, 35 years old in 178 days. Okay. That's thorough. That is very thorough. Those are very detailed. <laughs> You're welcome, St. Louis. Very detailed. Yeah. But again, the point is you hang on to these prospects. You overvalue the prospects. Well, maybe they didn't overvalue the prospects. Maybe they properly evaluated the prospects. So the next step is, assuming they do pan out, is to spend that, those free agent dollars on pitching. Speaking of the prospects, a text from the 618. Graceffo and McGreevy looked like pure today. They did. Oh, yeah. Effing yeah. pathetic. They I, did. I agree with the 618. I, this might be a monumental day, Anthony. We agree with 618. This also goes along with what we're saying, though. We're saying the pitching is now is now going to be the thing that, that is lagging, assuming, again, that Jordan Walker continues his assault on baseballs. Your offense is going to be ready to go. Your pitch, your young pitching is not is is not there though. It's not going to be in line. So no. you're probably going to have to either at the deadline and or in the off season open up open up the checkbook for pitching. Who do they who do they look to retain from the current rotation? I because th- I feel like that's going to be the 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 discussion mm-hmm. because Wayno we know this is his last year. You've got Stephen Matz who's under contract. Jack Flaherty will be a free agent. Uh, Miles Michaelis, a free agent. Jordan Montgomery, a free agent. Yeah. Who out of those guys, we have to exclude Wayno because, but you've got Flaherty, Montgomery, and Michaelis. Mm -hmm. Those three guys. In my opinion, you have to retain one of them. You'll probably get a little bit of a discount because whoever it is that you retain wants to be here. I would go for Michaelis. Here's why. I feel like you can get a little bit of a discount there because of his time in St. Louis. He is the oldest of the three. I think he he would almost envision himself on a Wayne-O path. Just continue to do what you're doing. Keep Continue to play. And he's Mr. Reliable based upon the innings that he pitched last year. The most innings pitched. That would be my target. Now, obviously, Jordan Montgomery, there's probably more upside to him. Then Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty has the most upside of all of them. But I don't think you're going to get Jack. If Jack has the season that he's capable of having, you're not the only ones on the list of teams to talk to. If he has a bad season, do you really want to be on the list of teams to talk to? No. No. What's your thought? 
I would go with Jordan Montgomery. I I agree with your thought on yeah, but you, you better Steven retain. Matz. You already got a lefty. I but okay. Is there a rule? Yeah, there is. Did you not Did get you that? Did you just invent this? No, there's a new bylaw. What the hell? MLB, you can only have two lefties on your staff. I know what I'm getting out of Jordan Montgomery. Now, the problem is he's he's also got an agent that uh, may decide that his client's going to go Who's into Who's Michaelis' agent? It's not Boris, is it? No. Okay. I don't think it is. But Jordan Montgomery, I, I know what I'm getting out of him. He's, he's been durable. Do you, though? Yeah. You've had him for a hot minute. But going back to the Yankees. It's a his, different team. So what? It's a different everything's different there. You what? have to Yeah, it is. You have to evaluate differently because he wasn't as high in the rotation as he's going to be for you here. So as a third or a fourth guy in the Yankees rotation, that looks a lot different than being a two or three over here. But the numbers are going to be similar, which is what I'm paying for. I know what I'm paying for with my you think that Michaelis is more durable or consistent? Have you seen the size of Moose? I have. Yeah. He takes little guys like Jordan Montgomery out behind the woodshed. <laughs> I think Jordan Montgomery's like 6'5", isn't he? <laughs> He's a big son of a... <laughs> we Either talk way, we're on the, we're on the <laughs> same path here. We talk about this a lot, but we get a text from the 618. Uh, what, what the hell happened to the Cardinals? They used to always have pitching ready to go, big league pitching ready to roll. Now they don't have... They well, pivoted. They kind of pivoted, but let's not get crazy here, okay? Graceffo had a bad day. I know you're going to find this hard to believe, St. Louis. Bob Gibson had a bad day well, from I don't time th- to time. I don't think so. Jamie. I don't like your he attitude did. right now. I don't now. like my attitude either. I can't believe I just said it, but I did it. It's out nah. there now. Even Bob Gibson That's, had a bad day. I can't believe you're talking about losing. That's terrible. No, that wasn't it at all. Absolutely Because you can terrible. have a bad day as a pitcher and still win. Marshy, it's not throwing the game. Like you suggested. Very true. Oh, you got for the blues. Me. I thought we got past that. Even Bob Gibson, Anthony. Oh, boy. The transitioned. This same text came in about five or six years ago. But Even it was in Adam rela- Wainwright. But it was in relation. <laughs> yeah, but that's because it was fingers. Uh, cooking accident. Shoulder. He was uh, burned his a, hand on the sausage. Yeah, and he got struck by the ball. And he was cooking for his, his kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's all those things, I think. But five years ago, that you had, you had that same text, but it was in, in relation to the offense. Why why can they just produce pitching, but they can't produce any hitters? Well, they invested in pitchers for years, and then they got to a situation where it's like, okay, uh, we have to get Marcelo Zuna and Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. You didn't have the hitters. Now you've got the the upswing in hitters, and now you're going to have to – Pivot back to pitching at some point. Yeah, ebbs and flows, Anthony. Ebbs and flows is right. Still don't like what you said about Gibby. Yeah, poop. Got Even poop Bob mouth Gibson today. himself would respect the fact that I'm being honest. Okay. Not like you guys. Does moving Buchnevich to center create soft. some flexibility for this roster? Stop, Maybe. Jamie. The smartest way to do your homework is Hetman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed 
guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The Blues take it into the offensive zone. I don't mind an instigator taken there as the Blues get it. Shoot it! They score it! In from Butchnevich! Just inside the post, and Pavel's made it a one-goal game. Voice of the Blues, Chris Gerber, on your home of the Blues, 101 ESPN Blues and Coyotes tonight, 7 o'clock pregame. Blues take on the Arizona State Coyotes. Ha! I see nah. what you did there. Playing the NHL arena. Mm-hmm. Well, NHL, the, the college. college. There you go. Yeah. Yep. You get it, Jamie. I sure do. Craig Berube was asked at practice this week, about whether or not he's considered moving Pavel Buchnevich, who you just heard in that audio clip, to center? It's a good question. I think it's uh, sooner than later. No, I was rotating guys around, so I'd double ship Bucci and put him in the middle between guys and things like that. You know, I did see it before a little bit. It's something that definitely is uh, in our minds. Jamie, does moving Pavel Buchnevich to center create some roster flexibility at all? Um. Does it also keep the consistency that you have seen out of Pavel Buchnevich when he's healthy. I just don't know what your pivot is, right? So and what I mean by that is right now, as of the morning skate, you've got Buchnevich on left wing with Thomas and Cairo. So Chief reuniting that line and hoping to maybe get uh, the same results that they've once had before. Your second line is Verana, Shannon, Kapanen. Third line, Saad, who's now finds himself on the third line, which is interesting. Brown and Blay. Then Torpchenko, Alexandrov, and Pitlick. So if you took Booch and put him at center between Verana and Kapanen, are you putting Shannon on the left wing with Thomas? That doesn't seem that doesn't that doesn't change your depth factor. Or are you taking Booch and putting him between Shan or between Verana and Kapanen, and then Shan drops down to center Saad and Blay? And then but then who's on your left wing with Thomas and Kairu? The lack of depth here is the issue for me. And this is something that I don't know if a lot of Blues fans thought of at at that time. But you lost O'Reilly, Achari, and Barbashev. O'Reilly and Achari are centermen. Really good centermen. Really good in the faceoff dot. Ivan Barbashev is a good centerman. He moved to the wing for you, but he can play center. Mm-hmm. So now you're limited because you really only have two full-time NHL centermen on your roster in Braden Shen and Robert, Robert Thomas. Thomas. Logan Brown is a centerman. His whole life's played center, but he's still only, you know, a handful of games. I shouldn't say handful. He's you know, 25, 30 games now as a St. Louis Blue um, in the lineup for them, and he hasn't even played all of those games as a centerman. So as much as I like the experiment, we talked about it yesterday. I'm a big fan of the experiment. Let's 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 let... Um, Logan Brown develop. But again, you know, he's got 20 games played this year, probably 10 as a centerman. He's not a full-time NHL centerman yet. 
And then you got Alexandrov, who's uh, from the minors. I mean, I don't know if he's a full-time centerman. I believe when he got called up, he was playing on the wing. So you see where I'm headed with this. You don't have a lot of flexibility in the middle of the ice. Would I like to see Pavel Buchnevich get a try there? Yeah, uh, but is that something that, if you're doing that, are you looking forward to next season thinking Pavel Buchnevich can be a centerman? Because no. then why do it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, I would rather have I would rather you're give the have test to, to Logan the center Brown. Position. You're gonna yeah. have to address it. This if this is your center group for next year, this is a problem. Right. And, and not with Thomas and Shen. That's fine. But after that, like you don't have a veteran centerman that's an everyday guy. Logan Brown, maybe he is that guy. I hope he is. I'd rather test him out right now than Pavel than having Pavel Buchnevich go to center when he's just gonna go back out to wing next year. I agree. And right now, I like Booch playing with Thomas and Cairo. And if that doesn't work out, you can mix and match those top six in and around and all and about. And if Verona doesn't work, you can drop him down and move Saad back up to the, the second line. I just don't know why you would do it. Unless, of course, you're looking at it saying he could potentially be a centerman next year. If that's the case, then absolutely drop him in there now. Get him the reps. Because he's not great in the faceoff dot right now. Hmm. I didn't look at his percentage, but I imagine it's somewhere in the 20 to 30%, which is it's natural for a guy who doesn't play center. But, you know, that's not really centerman numbers. You, you'd like your centerman to be somewhere between the 45 to 55% range to be effective. And then you've got your Ryan O'Reilly's of the world and, and you know, yeah. and so on that do a great job in the faceoff dot. So I guess try it if you want to. No. I oh, just, with you. Why even try? Why, why even mess with it? I just don't know where your depth comes from after that. If you're just swapping him and Braden Shen, uh, and you're putting Shen on the left wing with Thomas and Cairo, I mean, it works. It has worked. They have played together before. I just don't know if that advances your roster into your retool. You're you're <laughs> you've got an okay poker hand and mixing up the cards. You still get at the end of it. You still have you still have a mediocre poker poker hand. That's the bottom line. You can you can mix up those cars any which way you want, but they're they're still the same. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna. I don't think that moving Buchnevich right now to center frees up an opportunity for somebody on the wing that you really want to get a look at. I agree with you in that. Create create that consistency for next year, and tr- and try out guys like you're doing right now with Kaepernick or with uh, Kaepernick. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. Try him. <laughs> Apparently he's not going to play football, so you know, put him, put him on the wing, captain, and then you know have have Jacob Vrana on the wing. Get those are those are your lightning in a bottle players. Those are the guys that you that you want to get a look for next year. Buchnevich moving him to center does nothing for you, unless of course nothing. No, the 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 sidebar to this is unless of course you your vision to the future is him playing center. Unless your vision is that he can play, one day he can play like a Ryan O'Reilly because of the way he's so good defensively uh, and the way he is so smart and good with the puck. And If that's your vision that one day you think he can be a Ryan O'Reilly-esque type player with more offensive scoring, then yeah, give him a shot. But if this is just an experiment to try it out, I'd rather just go with the way it is right now. Yeah, one day. Not today. <laughs> okay. Sure. Should other sports consider taking the MLS approach? We'll explain what that is next on 101 ESPN.
We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A lot of that is just match fit. Oh, it's a giveaway to Klaus, who clips it over San Diego and scores a wonderful goal to put St. Louis City up two. It's 3-1. Not bad for a deer trying to get out of a car, huh, guys? Yeah. Whatever that means. I still still don't get that comment. Vaporize them. But I don't, never mind the vaporizing. I don't understand, like... It'd be like watching a baby deer be born. You can see how they're kind of like not agile. A real deer is agile as you know what. Oh, yeah. They're fast, they're powerful. They jump well. They jump. So why would a Test deer very well at the combine. be in a car? Like, how big is the car? Like, I got a lot of questions. Well, well, who I, was that guy on the audio, by the way? It was the Apple TV It wasn't 12, analyst. was it? It no, wasn't 10 no. or 12. No, no, no. Okay, I want to get that guy on here one day, Marshy. I want to get to the bottom of this. I really do. All I can all I can picture is Tommy Boy, where they shoot, they run over the deer, they think it's dead, they put it in the back of the car, and then the deer wakes up. Yeah, but did, did you see how the deer jumped out of that Absolutely. car? Absolutely. He's not telling me Agile. that Klaus could jump out of a car like that. He's basically no. saying he almost got hit by a car. Correct. Because he runs so terrible. Yeah. Then he all all Klaus does is go chip shot over top of the goalie. Thank you very much. What did much. you see? His celly? He did the the deer antlers. Did he really? Did yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I went back and looked, and I'm like, wait a minute. He had his tongue sticking out, and it looked like he had deer antlers. Well, maybe it's a buddy. Hmm. You know, would deer antlers look like this, or is that more of a moose? I would say well, that's, that's a up moose. for a discussion. I'd say deer yeah. antlers are more like this. Yeah, Jamie's yeah. Jamie's, <laughs> Jamie's right. As ridiculous as he, as Jamie looked, I'm with him on that. I think he absolutely. I'm not shocked. You guys have been ganging up on me all day. No, oh, what are you talking, what are you talking oh, about? Marsh. Marshy, all I try and do is help you. you that's, know, that's how you view it, really. That sounded sensitive. And... All right, Anthony. So, our very own BK of the BK and Ferrario show sat down with Don Garver, the commissioner of MLS. And one of the things that they discussed was Garber's decision or MLS's decision to use a to use a subscriber system for MLS on Apple TV. This is what Garber said. The consumption habits of young fans are dramatically changing and uh, we want to be on the front of that. Now we are we have a 10-year deal. You know, that's a long-term media deal for any property and and Apple is just getting into this globally with us for the first time. Somebody told me 14 games will be in front of the paywall this year. You know, there's still a mix of, of free games. We had a, a game on Fox Network earlier today, the LAFC game. So it's a, it's a process. So we are very committed to having a direct relationship with our fans. And it's not a passive relationship. It's not about a broadcaster telling us when our games should be and where they should be, regardless of what time of the year it is. We want to have games, for the most part, on Saturday night. We want to have a direct relationship with the consumers so we can talk to them, understand what motivates them, what they care about, be able to talk to them directly, and we could do that if they're a subscriber to MLS Season Pass. Jamie, if I may, what Garber is basically saying is he doesn't like old people. That's what he said. We're going with youth. You got that too? We're going with youth. (laughs) We're rolling with young people. Old people never played soccer, Anthony. Old people are out. That's what Don Garber said. 
Wow. It was the rich tradition and history of the sport of soccer. Just I feel I like you're uh, eliminating a real powerful demographic. I'm just, I mean, but you heard it too, right? I, I, it's clear as day, really. Okay. So after he said he doesn't like old people, this is what Don Garber said on if other sports could consider using Apple TV and basically saying middle finger to old people. There's issues in, in this market and issues in a lot of markets uh, that have regional partners. We saw that coming because we, we were the last one in. Our local media deals uh, were not providing us with the same value, either programming value, content value, or financial value that you know the other leagues were able to build on over you know many, many decades. Uh, so we went out many years ago and said we need to roll all that together. The vast majority of our fans are streaming soccer, 83% of them were streaming soccer already. Uh, we wanted to provide a next generation experience and it's not just about the games. For those of you who have been on MLS season pass, every single club has got their own room. They're delivering content, their own version of Drive to Survive and stories and content that we were never able to get either with our regional partners or our national partners. I think it's probably the future of sports, but I think there's a long time before that happens. All right, so this is what Don Garber is truly saying. All, all seriousness. I'm being serious here. Okay. Remember last week we had kind of the outrage over Apple TV. Janet left us a mic drop saying that, you know, the MLS doesn't care about people that are in, you know, older people that are in uh, nursing homes and, mm-hmm. you know, even hospitals and things like that because the their product is not being shown on the big networks. We also heard from texters. Uh, I was on the Rizzuto show today, and there was they were, they were talking about, you know, somebody sending an email, same deal, about how, you know, M- MLS is pocketing all this by going to Apple TV. They don't care about fans. In my opinion, here's the number one reason why MLS is on Apple TV. And Don Garber, without saying it directly, if you listen to it and you read between the lines, this is what he's saying. If we went with a regional network, we went with one of the big boys, whether it's ESPN, Fox, whoever, you're going to have an issue at some point in your MLS season. The issue being the NFL. If you go with Fox or even ESPN, or one of the other networks, it, the NFL, even you know Major League Baseball, college football, the MLS season runs virtually through October. If you listen to his quote about we wanted to, we we didn't want the network to tell us yeah where the game the is going where it's, exactly that's what he was saying. So if you think about what the MLS is doing, they're getting in bed early with Apple TV so that you do what? Apple TV has a full commitment with you, and you have a full commitment to Apple TV. You it's might a gamble, be, man. It's it a, is gamble a gamble because if the, if the schedule does, which it does, co-mingle with other sports, like and their other sports have ESPN or RSN at like access to their teams – the hell are you going on apple for at this point like you're probably losing that battle anyways you might be you might initially but jamie you've worked in this industry a long time marsh you know you've got an idea about this too mls does not want to be bumped 
for one of the other sports. That's just the bottom line. So they'd made the decision to get to get with Apple. You create this partnership, and what does Apple do? They're all in. They're not getting the NFL. They're not getting, you know, they do have a little bit of Major League Baseball, but a lot of times those games are in the middle of the day. Yeah. Apple's trying to dip its toes in the water here. I think what's doing here is proof of concept for Apple. For, yes. For, for Apple, MLS is a, uh, a lab rat, for lack of better words, to where they're totally. like, let's see how this works so then we can perfect this and take it to the NFL, take it to the NHL, take it to Major League Baseball, the NBA, whatever. So, yeah, maybe it's the perfect time for MLS to be, you know, the, the trial mm-hmm. sport and at the same time reap the benefits of getting the full attention Yeah, you don't from be- Apple. Absolutely. And Apple says, hey, you chose us early. We're going to be loyal. Let's grow together. But if you're MLS, you don't want to be bumped for Sunday night football. You don't want to be bumped for, you know, Sunday night baseball. You don't want to be bumped for Fox's college game, college football game of the day. Yeah. You run throughout September and October. Sorry. that That's, that's NFL college football MLB playoff time. And you're going to have issues. I think that is what, if I'm, if I'm, Listening to it correctly, that is what Don Garber saying. So you might be ticked off now, but they're trying to think proactively here. Because what happens if you can't find your MLS game in September or October? Because they're showing Broncos Chiefs. You're going to be mad then, too. Yeah. But if you know exactly where to go to get your MLS, that is, I think, what Don Garber and, and the sport is trying to do. I think the what's, league, the what, league. what's cool is you get that inside access and it's because they're, they're solely focused on mls like that's exactly. their one league obviously you have major league baseball you know they have a few games here and there do you but, really get inside access though i watch that broadcast and there's really not a whole lot of above and beyond maybe well, there's other things gro- maybe they're growing it like you know what i'm saying like I there's do. no pre-game there's like the post game like there's not like there's no real like where, where I honestly feel like they're missing the boat because if you're going to create a fan base and educate people, the pregame is an excellent tool for new fans to see what they're looking for, know what to watch for, what players. Now's the time to go. And they're not. They're coming. Welcome, uh, St. Louis City SC starting lineup, and here we go. Right, no, you're right. I will say I think the broadcast can evolve, and I think it will. Uh, it almost somewhat feels like a web, like a webcast 100%. rather than an actual, like, broadcast that maybe you'd see on ESPN or on Fox or CBS and sure. whatnot. So it, from that perspective, I think it can evolve. Um, but from like a baseball uh, perspective, like last night, I, I went back, just I was bored. I wanted to relive some nostalgia and wanted to watch Albert Pujols, the 700 home run game. Uh, and I went back and it was all banked. Like they had all these different games, like greatest games. They, they were all banked at things that you can go back. So I know Janet in that mic drop a few weeks ago when we talked about it, talking about, hey, uh, you know, some people might not be able to record it or watch it or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. And, um, you know, you can, though. You can go back and watch those bank games if you don't record it on. And what's the difference between subscribing to YouTube TV? Right. But you know those what I'm people saying? aren't it's doing still... that either, Marcy. Well, like, well, the demographic that we're talking about that are missing the boat on Apple that don't want the aggravation, they're not doing YouTube TV either. They're going with the, the old basic cable yeah. or their satellite mm-hmm. dish, and right. that's that. And if they can't find it there, they're not going. They're elsewhere. not watching it. Yeah, that's right. Which is under Marsh. Uh, to your point, yeah. to your point, you guys are both. Look, well, I'm not disagreeing with what he's saying. Uh, right, you're, I'm just adding on to it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but you're right. You're right, Marsh, and saying Apple TV and YouTube. What's the difference? You're streaming it anyways. But right. as Jamie noted, it's not 
a YouTube or Apple thing. It is a streaming issue. For sure. For people. I think, uh, like, not be opposed to, you know, whether it's the NHL, MLB. Obviously, the NFL is a little bit different. There's a lot of eyes on the NFL and their coverage, at least on, like, ESPN and whatnot. But if there was, like, a strictly just a major league baseball thing where i could go and just almost like a youtube page like something like you know you look at those content creators they have all these different pages different playlists of different things they want to talk about if there was one for just strictly cardinals where you got all that inside access i'd pay for that yeah yeah i think a lot of people would i just i think it depends on the price though but you better create that content you got it right i'll create it well Major League Soccer, in my opinion, <laughs> is just missing the boat. If I was Major League Soccer, I would be creating daily content from each and every single team. Player interviews, practice footage, strategies, coaches interviews. Like, yeah, wall to wall. So you could go to your MLS package, and then you go to St. Louis City SC, and you get you know 10 or 11 different pieces of content from that day on the pitch, whether right. it's a game day or a practice day. And now I want to be a part of the MLS package because I'm getting the updates. I'm learning about the players. The I'm learning about their skills, their tactics, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You want me to be in, like all in? Tell me why. Show me why. Okay, good call. I do understand why they went with the streaming aspect because if you think about it, probably a lot of soccer fans that watch European soccer, they're already on Peacock right. watching those leagues. So yeah. no, maybe a that's a question. Maybe they should have went with Peacock instead of Apple TV. Who knows? But mm-hmm. I can understand why they, they went in that direction. What is Craig Ruby's role in the Blues? Sure, he is a direction. Retool. We'll get into that next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Interesting read by our guy Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic on Craig Berube and what his role is during the the Blues retool. And in the article, Craig Berube told JR as a coach, you've got to walk, you've got to work with your management group and understand what the organization needs. And that's what we're doing now. We're trying to develop and see some new faces and see where they fit in. And that's my job. It can be satisfying because what you're going to see is growth. And the team gets better and better. I think, Jamie, Craig Berube's role in all this is vital. We spent a little bit of time talking about this beforehand, and I thought, Jamie, you brought up a great point in that if you notice what the Blues did at the deadline, they started to trade away the unrestricted free agents, as well they should have. But the players are changing. If... Doug Armstrong in the front office felt as though that the problem truly was was all scheme, then the play, a lot of these players may have been retained, depending on the cap and all that too. But the point is, Craig Berube would have been out the door already if they thought that it was a coaching, a philosophy, a schematic problem. Now, part of it probably is, based on the players and things like that, I'm sure Craig Berube as, as an out... Craig Ruby's an outstanding coach. Part of that is understanding where him and the coaching staff went astray here. He's told us that. He has told us before, hey, we have to look at what we're doing as well. Everybody's culpable. 
But when it comes to a retool here, when you're going to have, Jamie, some veteran players and some young guys, who better than Barubi, who coached the Chicago Wolves, who coached the Philadelphia Flyers, who stepped into a really crap situation in 2019 and turned that into a cup, cup win? I think Barubi's the perfect guy to see the Blues through the retool. Yeah, I agree. Look, Craig Ruby's had a hand in developing a lot of the guys that are on the roster right now. To your point with the Chicago Wolves and coming up through the minors, he's had Sammy Blay, he had Ivan Barbashev, he had all these guys that he coached in the minors that have made an impact at the NHL level. So for me, the coaching part of this is going to be massive. How do you get buy-in from a whole bunch of new players or young players? And it's not that they don't want to buy in. They just don't understand what the expectations are sometimes. They're young. They're looking at the veterans. Well, your veteran pool has gotten thinner, especially in the forward position. And You can't look over at Ryan O'Reilly anymore 25 minutes before practice working on backhands. You can't look over at Vladimir Tarasenko anymore on the power play to see a guy who capitalizes on mistakes. You can't look over and see Ivan Barbashev working on face-offs or penalty kill. Those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. So now what's next? Well, you look at Braden Shen. You look at Brandon Saad. Hopefully, you're looking at Robert Thomas. Hopefully, in the future, you're looking at Jordan Cairo. These guys have to start carving their path. And so I think that's where the challenge comes for Craig Berube is he's had the luxury and the good fortune to have really good veterans. Like when Chief stepped behind the bench in 2019, look at that roster. Mm-hmm. He had Petro. He had Bo Meester. He had Steen. He had Sunquist. He had like O'Reilly. a like character guys, O'Reilly. So his challenge as a coach now is to create that next wave of veterans that do things the right way. And at the same time, he's going to have to start to mold this team into what he wants. So there's a big challenge. We talked about this not too long ago, how I feel like the retool of this team is as much, if not more, on the coaching staff than it is on the players and on Doug Armstrong, for that matter. Sure. Army's job is to provide this team with the best roster he can possibly put on paper. He's limited from a standpoint of dollars available from a salary cap standpoint and contracts that he currently has on the books that maybe he'd like to not have, maybe he would, maybe he'd like to trade them, but he can't. For whatever reason, this is what you've got. So he passes that on to Craig Berube and his staff. And now they've got to figure out what the identity of this team is going to be, how they're going to play systematically, what fits the description of what they have now. And the biggest misconception, and it has been since day one, is that Chief wants Pat Maroon. He wants a team full of Pat Maroons. Big, heavy, physical, drop the mitts, dump and chase. This is what Chief wants. Winner. He wants a winner, yeah. Natural-born winner. Natural born winner. But stylistically, that's not that's not all that Craig Berube can coach. <laughs> he coaches an up tempo style of game. Craig Berube, you guys think if you think back to Ken Hitchcock, Ken Hitchcock played a chip and chase game. It was slash support. And all that meant was on the breakout, the zone exits as they call them now, Anthony, they've changed it for whatever reason. <laughs> The fence would move it up to a winger. The winger would chip it up the wall, and the centerman and the offside winger would slash diagonally across the ice. And what that did was it forced the other teams to try and chase them across the ice. You would be advancing the puck the whole time into the offensive zone. Would somebody else then come 
around at the back end? Well, yeah, the guy who started the play would go to the back. Would now go to the weak side to fill in the other side. But ordinarily, when you're pushing the pace like that, where you're chip and chase with slash support, and you've got numbers, you're moving the puck up the ice. The other team's defending. That was truly a chip and chase slash dump the puck team under Ken Hitchcock. Mike Yo, very similar. This team became a puck possession team under Craig Berube. Craig Berube said, enough of this funneling crap to the net. He said, let's take quality over quantity. Things changed. They did. And this team became an offensive zone time of possession hockey club, a neutral zone time of possession hockey club to where if they didn't like what they saw, regroup. Go D to D, come up the other side. You don't like it? Regroup, regroup. Whatever it was, then go and attack when you have numbers, when you have the right situation. Or finally chip it in, go get it, cycle the hell out of it until you see an opportunity, then take it to the house. Craig Berube did that. So you go from Ken Hitchcock where everybody's like, man, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. He was a dump and chase coach. And I love Hitch. To me, I think Hitch is one of the most knowledgeable hockey people ever. I, Whenever I want to get... Like, nerded out on hockey stuff, I'll call Hitch and talk hockey, and he it's amazing. But Hitch was a dump-and-chase coach. Craig Berube isn't. So the misconception of Chief just being a dump-it-in-and-bang-the-hell-out-of-the-other-team, it's not necessarily true, but for certain lines it should be. And so for the identity lines, like Chief talks about, he doesn't want them screwing around with the puck too much. You're not there to bless us with YouTube highlights. You're there to serve a purpose to get the puck in, grind the other team down, make the defenseman pay, get to the front of the net, and that that's your job. Now, hey, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Pavel Buchnevich, let's go. Let's go. Play with speed, be dynamic, but have a purpose. You can't just play with speed, be dynamic at all costs, where you drop passing around, spin around, backhand passes. No, it has to have a purpose. Right. The purpose is to get to the house to get a scoring chance. If you're unable to do that or unwilling to do that, that doesn't work. So, again, I I go right back to the beginning of this segment. The retool falls on Craig Berube and the coaching staff following this offseason. Army, you're on the clock right now. You were on the trade deadline. You provided us with a couple of really good pieces, a couple of reclamation projects moving forward. This is kind of what the team's going to be right now. I know Army's already thinking about the draft. He's already thinking about free agency. Heck, he's already thinking about next year's free agency, and he should. And good on Army. That's what this team needs is someone who's thinking – Ahead, beyond, not just in the now. So Army's doing his job, but when that, that training camp comes around next year, all eyes back on Chief and his coaching staff. What can he make of the team that Doug Armstrong's given him? So for me, he's the biggest piece of this. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Which Cardinals players are currently answering questions that we had heading into spring training? If you want to leave us a mic drop on this, you can. Mic drop segment uh, coming up next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, I'm old enough to know better to get excited about spring training, but holy cow, does Teen Kent's delivery look like Pedro Martinez? I think he may have answered who our ace question is in a couple of years. Thanks, guys. Who was that, Marsh? That was Paul. Paul's to the wall. 
Pulse to the wall. That's why I said pulse to the wall in the break, so I remember that. Yeah. Did he, uh, then I asked you anyway. Did he yeah. really just drop uh, Pedro Martinez? Yeah. Wow. Might be getting a little ahead of ourselves. but um, Although I did watch him pitch. Um, was it yesterday? I believe it was yesterday. He was out there. And he can he can fire it mm-hmm. like, like Pedro it's Martinez, legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah, like Pedro. Reminds yeah, you it's of Pedro legit. Martinez, a little bit. A little bit. At some point, he'll be throwing a opposing coach right down his face, and we'll say that's Pedro. An old guy, preferably, preferably. right by the head yeah. and yeah. drive it into the turf. Right. <laughs> Although and that's we'll, not really what happened, but still, we'll defend him too. We'll say, hey, that old guy was charging him. What are you going to do? He was. He dropped the head, too, like a he rhino. Did. Yeah. What are you going to do? The rhino's coming straight at you, dropped his head. You got to just grab it by the head and throw it. Right. I mean, ish. Every time. Did He, he didn't really throw it, though. He just no, he just kind of moved to the side. And then uh, old Don Zimmer just kind of lost some footing there. He toe-picked a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's old. I, I respect it, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. He was ready to rumble. Yeah. He tripped over the baseline. He did. <laughs> Did poor Don Zimmer. <laughs> okay, it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. So, which Cardinals players are currently answering the questions that we had heading into spring training? If you were to, guys, one player, top of the head, one player who's answering some questions that you had heading into spring spring training, who would that one player be? Are we all going on three? Three. Wait, two, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! What was whoa, the question whoa. again? I really wasn't listening that time. I was reading a text message. Come on, Jamie. If there was a, if there was one player, yeah, at the top of the list, top of your head, yeah, that is answering questions that you had coming into spring training. Who would that player be? Wow, three, two, two one. Dylan Jordan Carlson. Walker. Whoa. Is there there wasn't any questions really around Walker? It was hype. Who picked Walker? I heard Walker. I had, I I picked Jordan Walker. What a donkey. Well, the, well, the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Wait, who did you pick? That's your opinion, Gorman. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, thank you. Who was yeah. yours? Dylan Carlson. That was a good one, too. Yeah. Anthony, not so much. I believe the question was, could Jordan Walker make the big league club? Yeah, but by we were, having everybody a great... was excited. There was no doubt or like, oh. It did, like, you don't have to have doubt it, with it questions. Like, it just, a question doesn't have to be a doubt. It kind of. The way you pose this one, it, it, it doesn't have to be an if he makes a lineup. Jamie, it's more like a when for Jordan Walker. Gorman's playing for his life, and so is Dylan Carlson. Playing He's playing for his Cardinals life. <laughs> We all agreed that was crap. That was a crap take. I don't really think that's nice. Come on. And Gorman was a top prospect at one point, too. He's playing for his life. Come on. I'm just telling you what people said, Anthony. Nobody ever said that Jordan Walker was playing for his Cardinals' life. You're right. But we did say, could he have a big spring training and make this team yeah, out did. of spring training? Yeah, so there was, I'll okay, give it to you. Okay, no, Anthony, hang on. Nah, Andrew. Whatever. Andrew, together, right? Anthony, your answer was great. You were great. Thank you, Jamie. All right, so Gorman is your guy? Yeah. So what was the biggest question that you had? It was Jordan Walker, wasn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? No. <laughs> I wish you could see Jamie's face. <laughs> Jamie, as soon as I asked about Gorman, he's like, we get a text from the 636. Jamie wasn't even paying attention, and he came up with a good answer. Oh, <laughs> that was a great text. That's a great text. Yes. Well done. 636, that's my hood. I don't yeah. know if Jamie believes it, but it's a great text nonetheless. It's a great text. Uh, no, I do I do believe what I did say, though, because there are t- they were, there. hello, English, there were a lot of question marks around 
Nolan Gorman because he kind of got bumped out of his spot last year by Brendan Dunham. Not kind of. He did get bumped out of his spot. He couldn't find a home at the DH spot either. He couldn't. Well, they wouldn't let him hit against left-handed pitching, although his numbers against left-handed pitching are pretty good. Uh, They still wouldn't let him do that. So for me, there were a lot of question marks surrounding him. I think we're all right, to be honest. Is Jordan Walker, everybody talked about this phenomenon that's coming to spring training, and he crushed the Arizona Fall League, and he was a megastar last year. So I think everybody's waiting for Godzilla to hit spring training, and he hasn't disappointed. Guess what? Guess who showed up in Jupiter? Godzilla. Godzilla. 100%. And Dylan Carlson? There were a ton of question marks surrounding this guy. I don't agree that there were. Like, I don't agree the fact that there were question marks surrounding his card, playing for his Cardinals life. I get it as far as a everyday starter is concerned. But Dylan Carlson's also come to camp, uh, you know, 15 pounds heavier, mm-hmm. looking pretty muscular, and he jacked one from the left side yesterday. So the biggest question marks, well, he can't he can't hit righties. He can't bat left-handed. He's terrible from the left side of the plate. Well, he hit a ding-dong Johnson. I know, it's spring training, but he still did it. That's I know all we have to go on right now. I know it's not five o'clock, but what do you guys think about oh, Jack boy. Flaherty? Has he answered questions? I know it's only been what about Adam Wainwright? One little. What about oh, that's Adam another Wainwright? good one? Do I think that Jack Flaherty has answered questions? Yes. Ab- about what every, about the last couple of years and what he's going to be this year? Do I think that Jack Flaherty that has answered question, some Anthony. questions? That was the question. Yes. Find out at five o'clock when we talk about that <laughs> at that point. Wow. So Wayno's not really one either, though. Did we have a lot of question marks? I guess we did. Not really, because he. I Anthony, mean, he's, you brought up several times before spring training. You uh, you said flat out in our meetings. I wonder what Wayno's going to bring to spring training. Is he still going to be hurt? Is is this going to happen over and over? Is it at the point to where Father Time is taking over? Which I thought were great questions at the time. That's, that it looks was, like you were almost forecasting the beginning of spring training. That was BT. BT had all those questions, and that's why he left the show. Because <laughs> he didn't want to, he, he didn't want to, he didn't want to talk about it. He's like, you know what, guys? Yeah, I'm out. Yep. You, I, I don't want to talk about Wayno having question marks. Yeah, I'm out. But BT, that's a pretty harsh decision. I don't care. And I don't care. I said what I said. Yep. And now I'm out. I didn't. I didn't have questions. I should have. I didn't have questions because he went on Twitter and said, "Hey." Found out the issue. Don't I worry. Had, I had pe- more questions following that. Got the old ground ball off the side of the knee. They call it a comeback. A comebacker. Uh, it screwed up the arm. and the, the, I'm good. Don't worry about it. And then he goes out there the other day. Doesn't look good. And it's like, hey, you know, burn my finger making some sausages for the kids. Uh, no big deal. We're good. Now I have a ton of questions, unfortunately. I feel like I had more questions following the Twitter post. I really did. I had more questions after he came out, went on Twitter, and gave this massive diagnosis of what's going on. I'm like, ordinarily, Anthony was brought up in a, well, we'll call it a little bit of a tougher area growing up. and uh, Canada. No. Well, it wasn't Canada, but um, basically, um, the people who over-explained their lie or their story. Whoa. Oh, I'm not talking about Adam Wainwright. I'm not talking about Wayno. I'm talking about in general. Please don't put those two together. But the people who overexplained a situation or that usually were hiding something. Yeah, a little bit of a story. A little bit like yeah. usually if it's something, I, I got to come back off the knee. Uh, I wasn't quite right after that, but we're figuring it out. Not like 
give me the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica version of mm. it. You don't know what that is. No, Marcy. I don't. No. There used to be salesmen who went door-to-door selling An encyclopedia. encyclopedias. They basically sold you Google on paper. <laughs> they did, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for like $50 a yeah, book. How do they update too. those, those they, things? Well, that's the thing, Marsh, they can't. No, every year they'd come back again with new encyclopedia. <laughs> we updated D through F. <laughs> You're going to want to get this. <laughs> uh, by the way, we get a text from the 314. Jordan Walker isn't playing for his Cardinals life. Yet. <laughs> oh, come on. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. What's trending next? We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, according to John Morosi, Adam Wainwright, who we just discussed in the last segment, will start Game 1 for the United States on Saturday night. They look to take on Great Britain, and they'll be playing at Chase Field. Start time is 8 o'clock Central Time. I have a lot of questions. Um... First one, do we know of a Major League Baseball player that's come out of the U.K.? Oh, yeah. No, seriously. A lot of players come out of the I, U.K. I'm sure there are some, maybe, one, yeah, two. Absolutely. Um, You've got uh, uh, a bunch. Yeah? Um, Give me four. Okay. Uh, there's Bobby Thompson. From You've where? Uh, Great Britain. You is he to, born uh, there? Is he like born Sam and raised? Jackson, Danny Cox of the Cardinals. Vance Worley is on the team. Um, yeah. Tom yeah, but guys, Brown. But guys, you don't actually Lance have Painter, to. Another Cardinals. You player. don't have to have lived there. You could actually have family members. You're like, you know, one or two generations back. I I see. We've had guys before go back and play for Italy in the Olympics, and sure. they've never been to Italy in their lives, but they're playing for Italy. Well, that's what Lars Newtbar and. It's my and point. Tommy Edmond are doing. So, so that's I, my point. Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know necessarily if these guys are actually playing from. It doesn't matter. It really was a side note to it. The bigger question I have is what what do we expect from Adam Wainwright? Danny Cox was from the UK. Okay, okay. great, Anthony. We've moved on. Adam Wainwright, uh-huh. starting in Saturday's game against the UK or Great Britain, rather. Like what? What can we expect? For real? Like what? Well, what version of Wayno? Well, how could he have gotten healthy this yeah. fast? Here's the thing, would Jamie. Would you pitch him in the first game? Absolutely. I probably would. It's Adam Wainwright. Here's the thing, Jamie. Why are you not looking at me, Anthony? One thing you got to Marshall, you won't make know. eye contact with me right now. No, just listen, Jamie. One thing you got to know. What are you staring at, Anthony? Is, is Adam Wainwright is an absolute Tell competitor. me you're full of it without telling me you're full of it, Anthony, by He's just not looking at me. He's a competitor, and I want him on the bump for me in game one of the WBC. If he's healthy and he's actually looking like Adam Wainwright, absolutely. If not, I'm a little concerned if I'm the Cardinals. You're really taking my guy who had a tough outing and was complaining of some injuries and you're throwing him on the bump right away? Well, at least you'll have more evidence that it's not going to be good to start the season. I just, I don't agree with it. Okay. 
You doubt Adam Wainwright? I did not. I at doubt, your own I'm doubting, risk. I'm doubting the manager of Team USA as to why. You know, yeah. that's, that's former why Cardinal Mark DeRosa. Number, I don't care. <sighs> number one. Number one in the first game? Yeah. First game. <laughs> doubting that? There's a guy on Great Britain. His last name's Scrub. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You throw him out there. Six three six says maybe he's just throwing the first pitch. <laughs> you guys are not right. Okay, that's uh, that's good there, Wayno. I got more. Nope. You're good. You're our opener. You're our opener. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. I hope so. It's all. Give me nine fine. innings from Wayno. Yeah. Would you be shocked? I actually, wouldn't be. To exactly. Be I, I really wouldn't be. Anyways, we'll move on and talk about uh, a man that Jamie Rivers absolutely loves. And that's Tom Brady. According to uh, the Rich Eisen show, uh, Tom Brady might not be done after all with his playing in the NFL. Uh, Rich Eisen talked to a few people in Indianapolis. Not enough. The quote, folks are saying, keep an eye on Miami. However, Tom Brady quote tweeted this tweet. And said, anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two-month-old kitten for their daughter. Yeah. I think it's confirmed he's not coming back. Yeah. Or he's going to be a panther. Wow. That's what he was doing. Unbelievable. It's a message. (laughs) The cat's name is Sir Purr. Exactly. Mm. Or he's just retired, guys, and he finally is doing dad things like getting his daughter a kitten. What do you mean he's finally doing dad things? Really, Anthony? This guy slept at the practice facility in the offseason. I'm sure the kids were allowed to visit every they had to four ske- years. The kids had to schedule an appointment. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> this is good. Who's the, who the hell is this? Listen, I Tom, read, it's your kids. I read oh. uh, Giselle's oh, yeah. description for their divorce. She didn't paint a very good picture. I was really happy with her. We're not speaking anymore. You and Giselle. Me and Giselle aren't speaking anymore. Okay. I thought it was weird at first. I can't do that to my guy. Yes, I can. (laughs) Well, speaking of good quarterbacks, gentlemen, the Giants have struck a deal with Daniel Jones. They use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. The Giants have agreed to a four-year deal with the quarterback. And, uh, oh, man. He got 40 mil. 160 mil altogether. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? He got four years. <laughs> Wait, what? 40 mil per year. Four, four years, How 160. How much is guaranteed? That we don't know yet, which honestly is the only thing that matters. Mm. How much guaranteed money? Until that comes out, we'll see. But he got 40 mil per year. Good luck, Giants. What do you think Lamar Jackson is thinking right now? Well, so... Probably like, thank goodness these people are that stupid. This goes hand in hand. Adam Schefter also tweeting out today that the Ravens have placed have placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. What does that mean, Anthony? It's, it's so Today was the deadline, whether or not you were going to go with the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive franchise tag. The exclusive franchise tag would have meant... That Lamar Jackson either signs a one-year deal with the Ravens to play under the franchise tag, or he doesn't, and and then he sits out. And he, he won't get paid. They decided to go with the non-exclusive franchise franchise tag, which means the that Lamar Jackson is free to, to negotiate with any team. Guaranteed salary of thirty-two point four million. 
That's the guaranteed salary. But he can go to another team. He can negotiate with another team. He just has to go back to the Ravens. And if they match the offer, he'll he'll remain in Baltimore. If they don't, they're going to get two first-round picks. I think, and I said this, I said this last week, this was the route I would go if I was Eric DaCosta, the general manager of the Ravens. And here's why. You're obviously at a bit of an impasse here with Lamar Jackson. And everybody's like, why? Why don't you pay him? Because he wants more than what Deshaun Watson got in guaranteed money. The Deshaun Watson contract was stupid. Cleveland did it so that he wouldn't go to New Orleans, Atlanta, or Carolina. That was their one-up. Or else he probably would be a Falcon or a, or a Panther at this point, or a Saint. So Cleveland came in, they say, look, we're, we'll guarantee the entire contract. And Deshaun goes, oh, okay, sounds good. Love to be a Brown. So now Lamar Jackson, and he's right to do this. He says, I want that deal. In fact, I think he was seeking more than that. And the Ravens go, uh-uh, no, we're not doing that. So there's this negotiation back and forth all last offseason, a little bit during the season, and now this year. And we're at an impasse. So Baltimore says, okay, great. Non-exclusive tag then, Lamar. Go ahead. See what your market is. If another team comes in and is willing to pay that, well, now the Ravens know he can get that elsewhere. And we have to match it or we let him walk and we get two first-round picks. If he doesn't get that offer, though, if other teams say, no, we're not doing that either, well, now the Ravens can go back to Lamar and say, hey, here's here's our, here's our offer. Why don't you be a Raven? Mm-hmm. Nobody, You're not getting that deal anywhere else. Why don't you come back on home? Can I ask a question? Sure. Do you think this is really where not having an agent is going to bite Lamar? Yes. Because I think if I'm the Ravens, and you know my business brain has been going crazy here oh, in sure. the last 30 seconds, I'm going, absolutely. Hey, Lamar, you represent yourself. Go talk to other teams. Exactly. They're going to eat you alive. And you're going to come back crawling to me saying i i don't like what they had to offer okay well here's your contract then mm-hmm. or they're gonna talk circles around him and build these contracts that are not what he wanted like this is where you need an agent it's yes. okay to represent yourself if you're going to be with the same team over and over and over again because you know what the expectations are there's been slight bumps in salary yeah. you know the, the bonus structure the team structure all of this stuff you know mm-hmm. but when you start venturing out into the ocean all sorts of creatures out there and all of these teams that are looking for quarterbacks they're all probably in some version of a cap hell they're gonna be throwing stuff at lamar that he's gonna wish he had representation for right i think this is a great move by the ravens i think lamar ends up being a raven long term I don't know what the number is. I, I'm not going to go there because I don't know enough about what the guarantee should be, what they shouldn't be. Um, but I think it's a good call by the Ravens. I do too. And even though we get here, the NFL PA still provides an agent. Not, not really. They provide somebody who can answer your questions for right. you. And they'll provide somebody who guides him down a path of asking for more, push for more, push yes. for more. And then the doors are going to get closed in his face one at a time. Until there's only maybe a couple of dance partners left, and they're going to be a really crappy team right. with lots of salary cap space, and he's not going to be a threat to win, or it's going to be the Ravens. Yeah. To Jamie's point, the NFLPA it has been has been working with Lamar on this. They're but almost the, the enemy, to be honest. But the NFLPA, to Jamie's point, has a much bigger priority, which is set the bar 
as high as humanly possible for the next guy. Yeah, they don't care about Lamar. No. Okay, let me take that back. They do, but... They care about Lamar, but they don't care about Lamar's contract isolated to Lamar. What they care about is Lamar Jackson getting this absolute massive amount of money so that Bryce Young can be the next guy that cashes in. And sure. then whoever it is after Bryce Young or whoever your right. your young quarterback yeah. is. Joe Burrow. Joe Trav- Burrow. Trevor Lawrence. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. All of these guys. Yep. So that's their focus is on continuing to bump salaries, at least the guaranteed money, up through the roof because they're caring about their players. I mm-hmm. get it. Take it for what it's worth, too. You know, one of the teams that has been connected to Lamar, that has not been the Ravens, has been the Falcons. Diana Rossini of ESPN tweeted out about, I don't know, 20 minutes ago or so, that the Atlanta Falcons will not be pursuing Lamar Jackson per sources. Now, it is lying season, but I, I, I'm interested. What? Okay, so the... The Falcons are one of those teams with a lot of cap space that needs a quarterback. They seem to be okay with Desmond Ritter, but they're a team that can build, build, you know, they got all this cap space. They can build up around a young quarterback. And this is one report that says they're not going after him. So we'll see. What's up with everybody accusing others of lying these days? What's going on? It's lying season, Marsh. You got it the is. draft. You got free agency. You don't want to tip it's your hand. It's a lot of yeah. It's a we'll lot of smoke, it, um, smoke and mirrors going on. A lot of sales. Yeah, going definitely. On. We got a text from the six six one. Tom Brady adopts a pet who's the least reliant uh, reliant on humans of all time, and says that his proof of not coming back see him in two weeks. There you go. Hmm. What did we just say, Marsh? What kind of season is it? It's lion season. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Danny Dimes, season. his guarantee is eighty two million. Okay. Apparently. $82 million. So, over the four years, it's twenty and a half. What? what? <laughs> it's a lot of money, man. It is. For him. It is. The Giants, good luck, Giants. Yeah. That was, a, that was a good team last year. Good luck. But to be paying him, I don't know. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. He had a good year. Good year. One good year, though. He had a fine year. He had a fine year. <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> How can Jordan Kyra and the younger players be more effective? Jamie's going to tell us. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He's got to drive. He uses feet. He's not understanding where's the pressure from and what's going on it might be in front of you so chip it and go like use your speed it's nothing wrong with putting a puck in behind a guy and go and get it yourself with his speed he's going to create separation or the guys might even take a penalty on him so it's just about him playing more of a north game and not a turn up game so much you know i think i got to get him driving deeper and that line in general now can create some offensive zone time which they don't have enough right now it's just one and done one and done the line needs to create more space for itself in the in the offensive zone and um, get some offensive zone time. Craig Berube, in a, after a game last week, Jordan Cairo, younger players, Jamie, the, the core group of guys, the guys that are going to be here for the next, I don't know, for the foreseeable future. How can they be more effective when you don't have the depth that the Blues have had in, in previous years? Well, are we talking the about question. the depth or are we talking about the young guys? We're talking about here. the young guys playing. 
the young guys need to step up because they don't have the depth that they had in previous yeah. years. So how do they be more more effective? Well, the young guys have to play with a ton of pace. That's what this team wants right now. Doug Armstrong quoted as saying, "We need, I, I think that you know more speed is where this league is headed. Speed, speed, speed. So you got a couple of young guys that are burners. Thomas and Kyrou can skate. I mean, they can fly. Booch can skate. You got a lot of guys who can get after it out there. Use that to your advantage. So the one thing there that I want to isolate that Craig Bruby's talking about with Jordan Cairo is too many times this year, and it's crazy to, to talk about this because Jordan Cairo is still the guy on your team that's the top scorer. He's got 56 points in 59 games. He's your top scorer. Now, I know Booch has more points per game, but the, the gross total of points, Cairo's your top scorer. But at times this year, he's fallen into, I guess, a trap of not moving his feet. Not skating. And if you're watching the games, you're sitting out there right now listening, you know you can visualize this in your head. It's Cairo gets the puck in the neutral zone, two hard strides, and then stops his feet and stick handles and stick handles and stick handles and stick handles and turns and stick handles. And then all of a sudden he tries to force a pass, picked off, turnover, bam, they go the other way. We've all seen it several times this year. Or he gets the puck, two hard strides, and then tries to pull the puck through the middle of the ice through three guys turnover heads the other way so i applaud the kids um creativity i i don't think it's the greatest way to consistently create offense when the play is there from time to time like and this is tough because you don't want to compare jordan Cairo to these players but when you watch connor mcdavid you watch mitch marner you watch nathan mckinnon Speed, 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 outside speed all the time. Push the D on their heels. Get them on the heels. And once you get them on the heels, under the stick to the middle of the ice. Why is it effective then? Because the defenseman's leaning back in his chair, as we used to call it, to where you're you're in a defensive posture, to where you're not able to, like, stand up or close out a guy. You're basically just backing up because the speed is so fast. You're trying to keep your balance and keep him to the outside. Well, then what ha- happens is at some point you have to turn – and take this player. And when you're on your heels and you go to make that turn, it leaves a good spot, a big triangle between the stick, your body, and the ice. And that's when those guys, whoosh, under the stick to the middle, and you can't catch them. But at no point when you're skating, with, or not skating, when you just have your feet planted, stick handling, at no point do I have to worry about that. Now I can go stick on puck, body on body. I can match your speed. I can close you out. All these things. And then my partner can cut the ice in half. My back checker can come back too. We've got numbers. You're screwed. But when you push me back on my heels with that speed, my back checker, he has to, he's, he's overcompensating now. He's got to get back because he sees the speed that's coming. That's where your next layer of offense, so not your next forward, but your D can jump in to the play and now you've got three or four guys from the opposing team that are shrinking to the net because your speed is pushing everybody back on their heels. Now you can hit that second layer of offense coming up late, and now you have built-in screens taking away the goalie's eyes to where they they're, now they're scrambling to push outward again. This is how you create offense using speed, and Jordan Cairo is the poster child for the Blues at being able to use his speed to create offense. He hasn't done that consistently, and I think that's where – Craig Berube gets frustrated. I think it's where the fan base gets frustrated because you see it, and then it goes away. Then you see it, and then it goes away. But to, but to remind everybody here, this is the maturation of a dynamic hockey player. You're going to continue to try and test the waters in certain things, and you're going to learn 
what you can do, what you can't do, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Jordan Cairo has done that his whole life, except he's always had the right results because he's always been the best player on the ice, pretty much. But you get to the NHL, everybody's the best player on the ice. So now he's discovering what he can and cannot do at the NHL level on the fly. Mm-hmm. And the contract is almost the biggest nightmare for a guy like that. Not financially, because that's a pretty good yeah, feeling. Yeah. I'd but like that nightmare. What happens is that contract is hanging over your head. Right. So every time somebody sees a turnover or a minus or a this or a that, that damn eight years on this guy. Very seldom do we see the people when he goes wide puts it under the guy's stick and drifts it top shelf Do they go, oh, damn it, we got eight years with this guy. Very seldom does that work that way. We use the contract mostly in a negative way when it's a long-term deal. Yeah. If you get a guy on a one-year deal and a bargain, you're like, look at that, what a genius move. To me, it always seemed kind of foggy to take the contract and have a direct correlation to how the player is playing. Mm-hmm. The contract is a result of what he's done in the past and what you've predicted for him to do in the future. Right. And so right now, Jordan Cairo is figuring out what he is as a future NHLer. And what that is, what he will eventually get to, is that speed kills. He's going to have to go burn, burn, burn. That speed wide will open up everything for Jordan Cairo. It'll open up everything for his line mates, for the D, for everybody. It will help create so much offense, but he's just got to learn to do it consistently. When in doubt, get the puck ahead. Craig Brewer's talked about it. It's never a bad play to put the puck behind the defenseman when you're at top speed. Who in the NHL, apart from maybe two or three guys, can match his speed while pivoting to go from backwards to forwards to retrieve a loose puck? Very Nathan, few. Nathan McKinnon. Yep, Nathan McKinnon playing defense, then Jordan Cairo better walk him. I'm talking about defensemen. Jordan oh, Cairo comes in at 100 miles an hour, and he chips the puck behind you. You can't grab him. You can't hook him. You can't obstruct him. It's a penalty, mm-hmm. for one thing. And if you can't take a penalty, then he gets the puck back. So guess what that is? Time of possession, Craig Berube just talked about. Need more offensive zone time of possession. Well, how do you get it? It means you keep the puck. You don't turn it over. So for me, it's all a learning process for Jordan Cairo. But he does have the, nece- the necessary skills to become that player that eventually, you know, people will be like, oh, that's an $8 million player. He's got the skills to do that. Kale McCarr. Maybe. Eric, no, Jacob Truba. Well, Truba just try and take his head off. Uh, but no, Jacob Truba couldn't match that. Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman are a couple of guys that come to Eric Roman Carlson. Yossi. Uh, uh, Roman Yossi. Roman uh, Yossi, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but you have to understand how fast Jordan Cairo is. Mm-hmm. So if he's coming at you and you're back on your heels, even if you're Roman Yossi or Kale McCarr, you're expecting him to maybe go to the middle of the ice or try to carry it wide. You're kind of overplaying your hand because you have to. You kind of have to guess a little bit. And then chips it past you and jumps to the middle around you. Now you have a decision to make. Do I follow the puck or do I follow the player? If I follow the puck, there's no way I'm beating him there. If I follow the player, I might be getting a penalty. It's a really good strategy when you're fast. Blues, Coyotes tonight. Pre-game starting at 7 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Your home of the Blues. Again, right here on 101 ESPN. Andrew won two rounds of the gauntlet last week. He beat Jamie and myself. We had to push it off a little bit because he had, uh, you know, some things going on. Andrew, though, will take on Marsh with the gauntlet trophy on the line next. Oh, boy. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet?
Andrew is back for round three of the gauntlet. That's right. A gauntlet trophy Both is on the line. Both of them are back. Both of them are back. Both Marsh Andrew. It's Andrew, Andrew on Andrew action. That's correct. That's the way we like it, Jamie. 406, your time check is brought to you by Clerks and Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Andrew, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Thanks for uh, coming back and facing Marsh in the uh, gauntlet championship for yourself. No, thank you. I appreciate you guys uh, being flexible and uh, still allowing this to take place. So uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm ready. All right, here we go. So you know what to do. Tell Marsh to spin that yes, wheel. Marshy, spin that wheel. All right, Marsh, get the hell out of here. Yeah, Marshy, beat it. Andrew, what are you hoping for? What category? Uh, I think I'm hoping for football today because Marshy's pretty good in random and he's pretty good in baseball. So I'm hoping for football. What's the category that you dread no oh, hockey oh, okay well boy. it's not football or hockey oh, it's baseball baseball. Today. oh okay all right i know marshy's been somewhat of a uh, baseball savant here lately yes he has all right i'm breaking open the uh gauntlet trophy set oh i gotta rip that it's official launch launch codes yeah, here here look, we go listen. Okay. Nice. Anthony, there you go. Thank you, sir. All That's right. Our first, first look at these ones. Andrew already knows, but for those that are tuning in for the first time, Andrew will take on Marsh for a gauntlet trophy. Four questions for Marsh. Same four questions for Andrew. Each question is worth two points unless Andrew or Marsh need the options, and then those questions are worth one point. Andrew, are you ready? Yes, sir. Here we go. Question number one. Which Astros pitcher pitched six innings and recorded nine strikeouts in the final win of the 2022 World Series against the Phillies? Which Astros pitcher pitched six innings and recorded nine strikeouts in the final win of the 2022 World Series against the Phillies? Okay, so first name that comes to mind is obviously Justin Verlander, but I don't believe he pitched that final game i don't think he was i don't think he was rested and ready for that um i'm gonna have to go with the options please christian javier justin verlander framber valdez uh what was that last name you said framber valdez i uh, I think it was Valdez. I'm going to go with Framber Valdez. Final answer. All right, Andrew. Question number two. What division were the Pirates in the last time they won their division? Um, last last time they the the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yes, that was. Give me the options. All right. Was it the NL Central, the AL East, or the NL East? I don't believe they're one of the teams that crossed leagues. And I think it's too obvious to go with the NL Central where they're currently at. So I'm going to say the NL East. Final answer. Thank you. Question number three, Andrew. Who has the best batting average with the Cardinals in team history in his three seasons with the club? With the club, excuse me. Who has the best batting average with the Cardinals in team history in his three seasons with the club? I don't know why. Struggling there, Yeah, sorry. 
club. Is that supposed to be a clue that he also played for the Cubs? No, no, no. no. Anthony's yeah. just uh, an idiot. Drinking cough no, I, syrup, I think. I, yep. Uh, three seasons. Yeah. Give me the options. Johnny Mize, Tip O'Neill, Jesse Burkett. I have no idea. Johnny Mize, shot in the dark. Final answer. All right, Andrew. Here we are. Last question. Which pitcher led all of Major League Baseball last season, recording 21 wins? Um, oh, I think I know who this is. I'm, uh, is, oh, I think it's the, uh, I think it's the Rays pitcher, but I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. I, I think it's McClanahan. Um, oh, I don't want to use the options. Um, uh, is that his name? Give me the options. Dang it. Give me the options. All right. Here are your options. Was it Justin Verlander, Kyle Wright, or Tony Gonsolin? Well, I'm really glad I went with the options. <laughs> um, so I was clearly not right on that front. Um, You're thinking of Shane You know what? Justin, Justin Verlander pitched the entire season. Uh, season for a club that won a ton of games. Let's go Justin Verlander. Final answer. All right. All right, let's bring back Marsh from the Cone of Silence. You're thinking of Shane McClellan. McClellan. Shane. You're struggling today, aren't you? No, I'm good. This is normal. up early today on the Rizzuto show. I think you're getting a little slap happy. You think so? A little bit. All right. And Marshy's back in here. I love you, man. You know that. <laughs> All right, Marsh, you ready to rock? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Jamie, tell him. Oh, buddy, you better pack a lunch. Oh, Maybe goodness. a snack, too. Wow. I am hungry. You ready? Yeah. You sure? I, I don't know. Are you ready? We're always ready. Okay. Which is the oldest living fish or no mammal way. in the sea? Wow. Random again two days in a row? The oldest living mammal in the sea? Or fish. Or fish. Shot clock. Yeah, three. Uh, Options, I guess. Okay. What is it, a whale? I don't know. Turtle, whale, dolphin. Oh, it's got to be a turtle. I learned that in Finding Nemo. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Turtles well, live a long time. Yeah. We'll like have to Google that. At least 150. Yeah, we'll Google that. We'll Here's your that. real question. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it is baseball it's today, baseball. Marsh. It is baseball okay. for a gauntlet trophy for Andrew. Here we go. Question number one. <laughs> Which Astros pitcher pitched six innings and recorded nine strikeouts in the final win of the 2022 World Series against the Phillies? Um. Oh my goodness! What is his name? It was uh. I I, I need the options. I'll know it from the options. Christian Javier, Justin Verlander, 
Framber Valdez. Framber Valdez. Final answer. All right, Marshy, question two. What division were the Pirates in the last time they won their division? Um. Man. I believe... It had to be, uh, there was two divisions back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was the NL East. I could be wrong, but, um, if you guys are telling me to pack a snack, too, I might need to start, especially with that first, first one, not using the options. I'm gonna go with NL East, final answer. Question number three, Marsh. Who has the best batting average with the Cardinals in team history in his three seasons with the club? What? Can you reread that? Sure. I don't know if it'll help, but who has the best batting average with the Cardinals in team history in his three seasons with the club? Ah, uh, three seasons, best batting average ever. Oh man. I've, it could be literally anybody. Let's use the options. Johnny Mize, Tip O'Neill, Jesse Burkett. Johnny Mize, final answer. All right, Marshy, this is the final question of the day in the gauntlet final for a trophy. Question number four. Which pitcher led all of Major League Baseball last season, recording 21 wins? All of baseball, 21 wins? Well, um... It's either Verlander or Sandy Alcantara, right? They both won the Cy Young. Um... I don't think Alcantara won 21 wins because he was on the Marlins. Let's go with uh, Verlander, final answer. Okay, let's go over these. Andrew is up for a gauntlet trophy today. Taking on Marsh and the wheel spun baseball. Let's start with the last question. Which pitcher led all of Major League Baseball last season recording 21 wins? Andrew, you went with Justin Verlander. Marsh, you went with Justin Verlander. Correct answer is... Fellas, it was Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright of the Braves. Justin Verlander oh, was wow. second with 18, though, so you guys were on the, the right path. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, we have a 0-0 tie between Andrew and Marsh. Who has the best batting average with the Cardinals in team history in his three seasons with the club? Andrew, you said, I don't know, total guess... Took the options, went with Johnny Mize. Marsh, you too, with the options, went with Johnny Mize. Correct answer is... Johnny Mize, not the answer. Jesse Burkett Jesse is the Burkett answer. Jesse is the answer. That Kind of a weird question there. Yeah, I really weird. I, yeah. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, thanks, Grant. 0-0 zero, zero tie between... Andrew and Marsh today. <laughs> Thanks, Matheny. Which Thanks, Astros Matheny. pitcher pitched six innings, recorded nine strikeouts in the final win of the 2022 World Series against the Phillies? Andrew, you went 
Framber Valdez. Marsh, you went. Framber Valdez. Correct answer is. It was good old Framber Valdez. Nice job, guys. 1-1 one, one tie. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. This is it, baby. What division were the Pirates in the last time they won their division? Andrew, you went with the NL East. Marsh, you went with the NL East. We could see where this is going with mm-hmm. the guys tied 1-1. One, one. Correct answer is. NL East. NL East. Nice job, guys. But Marsh didn't need the options on that one. Andrew. You have chosen poorly you lose it came down to that andrew i'm sorry marsh got you three to two you guys both had the same number of questions right you had the same questions correct you literally had the same answers for For all of them (laughs) it was that question marsh went with the nl east uh he shot his shot Uh, wound up winning by one andrews think alike huh there you go uh and Andrew, thanks for coming back, though. Thanks for playing, and uh, better luck next time, my man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Marcy, you, you're you're closing it out again better than I was hoping you would, but congratulations. I appreciate that. We got that all-star Alex Reyes today. <laughs> That's what we got. First half, 2021 First Alex half. Reyes. That's right. Love it. <laughs> Andrew, take care, man. We're always thinking about you. Take care of yourself. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have yeah, a good one. Absolutely. You too. Uh, Marsh, congratulations nice on that job, one, man. That was, that was a tough one. I uh, honestly like the only reason why I knew the NL East thing was because of uh, rookie of the rookie of the year. The movie. The movie. Oh my! Because Marsh they is, had different. He's like, used that they had different times. divisions, and I figured out oh, well they must have won in the NL East. Marsh's gauntlet success, and it has it has been a lot recently. Has basically been based on. Uh, Video games and movies. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> he connects the dots better than anybody in a weird way, but he does it. So nice job there, Marsh. Another save that. for Andrew Marsh. By the <laughs> way, what was the answer to the oldest fish? I'm sure it's the turtle or the shark. I mean, the sharks sharks been have been around since. I feel like the turtle is a direct descendant of a dinosaur. No, birds are. Yeah, turtles. Well, there's too. water dinosaurs too. No. Yeah, there are. What are you talking about? Have you not oh, seen Jurassic World? Mosasaurus? Giant. Chronosaurus? The guy's a giant fish. Plesiosaurus? I'm pretty sure. What? The Plesiosaurus. Plesiosaurus? Mo- Don't act like Mosasaurus. Anthony doesn't know. His his children love dinosaurs. Killian's a dinosaur expert. If they were that, it wouldn't be called dinosaurs. It'd be called fish, guys. No. No, Jamie. No, would. they wouldn't no. be called that then your logic doesn't apply to birds. What? Mm-mm. Why? I didn't even say I didn't say birds. Well, I'm just saying birds also. Yeah, they fish. came from dinosaurs. Yeah, they all they all did. Anthony, what's your fi- do you like big birds or small birds? What's your preference? I see you as a big bird kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like real Sesame Street big bird kind of guy. Yeah, well, maybe not like large oh. birds. He's annoying. Like big bird. You know what I'm talking about? Big wingspan. Big large bird. I can see that all day long for you. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I don't know where you're going with this, but I don't like it. Oh, I just they're, don't. They're beautiful. Just a, just don't like it. Don't like, like a condor. It. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Which starter concerns us the most for the Cardinals? This one's easy. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Which starter concerns us the most for the Cardinals? I think this happens to be a pretty easy one. I don't know how to, you guys think about it. Drew Verhagen. <laughs> He's not a starter. Come was on. last year. Yet. Ish. Uh, He's not a starter yet is right. Because we don't know what shape Adam Wainwright's going to be in. Are you, by the start. Uh, what? Wayno is your biggest. What the hell wrong with you? What do you mean? You were saying it last no, the I, hour. I never questioned him. What do you mean you never questioned never him? Never questioned him. Mm-mm. I wouldn't go down that road, Anthony. You totally would have. And you did. No. Adam Wainwright is unquestioned. Oh, come on. Jim, Adam Wainwright. It's not 5 o'clock yet, but Jack Flaherty. Has. has Surpassed Jack Flaherty in the concernometer for the Cardinals. Wow. Don't wow me. I can't believe you're going there. He had a seven something ERA in his last six starts last year. Gets on the bump in spring training. Not great. It's Adam Wainwright. There's no other starter that concerns you more than Adam Wainwright right now. I should say me. Because apparently Jamie's got another pitcher in mind. What starter concerns you the most, Jamie? Jack Flaherty. Oh, he does. Can he stay healthy? Because if you don't have a healthy Jack Flaherty, who can pitch at the top end of your rotation, mm-hmm. you got a bunch of th- number three, number four starters. I like that. You need, you need that guy. You know that guy, Anthony. Guy that can bring the heat, make it drop off the end of the table, make you swing and miss. That's what you need. So. He concerns me the most. Jamie. <laughs> what? Look me in the eye. I am. I'm looking straight into your eyes. And say Jack Flaherty. Why are they bloodshot? Is the starter for the Cardinals that most concerns you right now. Jack Flaherty is absolutely one of the starters that concerns me the most. Marsh, who's your guy? It's not Jack Flaherty. There we Obviously, go. you know uh, what I think of Jack Stop Flaherty. Stop dancing. Tell me who it is. Anthony, I, have to, I think I have to agree with you. Thank you, Marsh. Mm-hmm. Wow, you guys have changed. It's Adam Wainwright. Jack Flaherty, 95 on his final pitch the other day. But he's back, baby. What about Jordan Montgomery? No. What? No? No. What? Not at all. I'm, I'm a, I threw it out there, and you elected to take it and send and, it right and back. throw it right back. Yeah. Yeah. No. Jordan and Montgomery. And I'm actually going to throw it back at you. No. no. Again. Why? Why we're having, a, we're having a catch. Marsh. <laughs> we're having a catch. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it back at you. Why would Jordan Montgomery be of any concern right now? I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Next question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Adam Wainwright. What about him? What what does he what does he have to show you for you not to be concerned? Honestly? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> Thank you. Like, like we're talking about several starts here, World Baseball Classic or otherwise. Yeah, and it's not Adam Wainwright's pitching overall. Like, doesn't concern me. What concerns me is what the hell's going on with his velocity? What the hell's going on with his release point where his arm is dropping? Mm -hmm. Is the knee still a problem? Is it the back spasms? Is it the burned finger from cooking sausage? Like, Like, what is it? Like, what is it? So I. I never thought I would ever hear myself say this, but I feel like Wayno, not that he has to prove it, he has to show everybody that three, four starts like in a row, doesn't have to be perfect, 
No. Just has to look like Wayno that we have seen for the last couple of years, barring the last six starts last season. But that I, I've got to see a guy who can stay healthy, mm-hmm. uh, who's not talking about injury following every start, and whose velocity is somewhere up in the 88 to 89 range, not in the 84 to 85 range. Right. Yeah. Somebody asked us last week, hey, can you can you survive basically on like 84, 85? No. If you're Phil Necro. If you're <laughs> if you're Greg Maddox. Who is the guy? Char- the guy who just threw nothing. Charlie Huff? Char- the nothing but knuckleballs. Remember that guy? Who was that guy? I think that, that was Huff. Maybe it was Charlie. <clears throat> Charlie. Or, uh, Charlie. Text line. Who was the guy through threw nothing but knuckleballs, pitched till he's like 70? Tim Wakefield? Tim, uh, Tim Wakefield. Maybe. for sure. No, Tim, Tim Wakefield's a great response. He, he threw a just another guy I'm thinking of. Uh, now I can only think of Wakefield. I know. I'm sc- I mean, Jamie Moyer pitched forever, but he yeah. wasn't really a knuckleball. But there was a guy who was nothing but knuckleballs all the time. Finished his career, and I think we just sail out there. It was almost like he was pitching it underhand, but nobody could hit it. Man, Wakefield's a, it's almost a perfect response. What about R.A. Dickey? He wasn't that old, uh, though. Yeah, hmm. he kind of came back, too, didn't he? I mean, he... I'm just going to read off some of these names for you. Uh, Hoyt Wilhelm? Hmm. Yeah, I don't think we've, uh, that we watched Hoyt. Phil Necro? That's Necro. what I was thinking of. Joe, <laughs> Micro, <laughs> Charlie Huff, Charlie Wilbur Huff. Wood. It might. Maybe it was Charlie Huff. Maybe it was Charlie Huff. Charlie Huff pitched in. It was Charlie Huff. Was I'm like looking 55. at his picture. I'm looking at his picture right now. It was Charlie Huff. He was with the Marlins. Yeah, and he was everywhere. Yeah, and you'd think, oh, this is last year. Mm. It wasn't. No, nope. <laughs> old Charlie. Yeah, right back out there. Throwing so the knuckle. Where the hell did we Here, end up? Here's here's the other thing about Wainwright too. He's in his last year. Last year, of course, you had Yachty and Albert. And it's a swan song for those two. And now you've got Adam Wainwright coming back. It's likely his last year. And you have that now in your back in the back of your mind. If you're Ollie Marmel and you're the coaching staff and you're the organization. If Flaherty doesn't pitch well and maybe he's a little banged up, you have a good good idea that this is probably his last year too. You're just going to move on. We're not talking about a legacy player with Jack Jack Flaherty. We're talking about a legacy player with Wayno. So I think that also factors into like the concern level. Because if he doesn't look good early, you know he's going to get a bit of a runway here because he's Wayno. But if you go back to his last, again, his last six starts last year, not great. Last year I was like, ah, one start, it's Wayno. Two starts, eh, hey, two starts, we've seen this before, We're, he's fine. Three starts in, eh, I'm a little concerned. By the sixth start, you're like, what is going on? He can't He can't be the guy that pitches game one or game two for you in the playoffs. He can't. But that's the worst-case scenario. That's a nightmare for the Cardinals. Exactly. If Adam Wainwright um, – if if this is what Adam Wainwright is now because of father time slash injuries, mm-hmm. this is the worst-case scenario because you did not replace Adam Wainwright in the offseason. So now you're going to have to go build from within. Who is that player who steps up? Dakota is Hudson. Is it Hudson? Hudson? I don't think it's Hudson. I don't. I think it's Hudson. I don't think it's Hudson. Or your guy. Mm-hmm. What about Drew Verhagen? Verhagen. Yeah. No. No. By the way, Jordan Montgomery, Anthony, went three innings, gave up five hits, four owned, four earned runs. So if you want to, is he hurt? Take that ball and you want to toss it back to me. Is he know, Marsh? Is he hurt? Catch. I I don't know. Did he finish the year last year with a seven in his last six starts? No. Did he go? On the tweet machine, at any point, and talk about a comebacker 
that screwed up his entire uh, his entire routine. Not that I recall. Okay, that's a good. <laughs> you're on the witness stand there. He is. Not that I recall. No, can't remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no, it's not Jordan Walker, okay. or not uh, Jordan Montgomery. Excuse me. What? Walker can pitch too. At this point, probably objection. Get him the objection. ball. One on one ESPN. That's us. We have your chance to score a pair of tickets to see Guns N' Roses on September 9th at Bush Stadium. Tickets for Guns N' Roses are on sale right now, or you can text for free to 314 399 9646. Air Comfort Service text line. Here is your question to go see Guns N' Roses September 9th. Score a pair of tickets. If you're the 101st texter with the correct answer, again, you go see Guns N' Roses. Here's your question. What was the name of the band that Slash went to, formed a little bit of a super group with Scott Weiland of Stone Temple Pilots? What was the name of the band? It was Scott Weiland, and it was Slash from Guns N' Roses. What was the name of the band that they formed when Slash pivoted from Guns N' Roses? If you have the correct answer and you're the 101st texter at 314-399-9646, you're going to go see Guns N' Roses. Very quick, four downs next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, let's do a rapid-fire NFL four downs here in the fast lane. First down. All right, guys, would you go all in on Aaron Rodgers if you're the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? No, I wouldn't. What? I don't trust him. I don't trust him to play beyond this year. I don't trust him at all. So, no, I'm going to say no on this. Young roster, I get it. You're somebody that can compete now in the AFC East. You upgrade the quarterback spot. I understand all that. If he's not going to play for at least two more two more years, I'm not giving up the the the, the draft compensation to get him, Jamie. I'm going to say no on that. Yeah, give me Lamar Jackson on line two. If I'm the New York Jets, I'd rather kick the tires on that than Aaron Rodgers, quite honestly. Second down. Guys, are the Seahawks making a mistake by not drafting a quarterback with their Broncos pick? And re-signing Geno Smith. How do we know they're not going to draft a quarterback? They just gave Geno Smith a a big contract, though. Three years. Who's the most raw quarterback in this upcoming draft, Jamie? It's my guy. Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Who's to say they don't draft him at number five? Hmm. And develop him? And he's not ready to play right away. Geno Smith is your bridge quarterback. He plays for a full year. You try to get Anthony Richardson going. He's not ready to play right now. No. But he's ta- like talent-wise off the charts. Jamie, you you were reading the combine numbers. Hey, he's got the greatest combine numbers in the history of the combine for like his athleticism or whatever. It it might not make sense for the Colts or the Texans. Actually, the Colts, uh, Texans, it would make sense. But the Colts, it might not make sense for them to go with Anthony Richardson, saying, "Okay, he's got to play next year." But for the Seahawks, it might be the perfect landing spot. So I say they they're still in play for a quarterback of five despite the Geno Smith contract extension. Third down. We've been talking about the Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens contract situation. When it comes to this contract situation, who is in the wrong? I don't think anybody's in the wrong here. I think that 
Lamar Jackson views what Deshaun Watson got from the Cleveland Browns and says, I have an MVP. I'm younger. I've proven more at this point. I want that contract. I'm up for it. And he has every right to ask for it. The Ravens also have every right to say that contract was a total and complete idiotic move from the Cleveland Browns. That should not reset the market. We're not going to give you $250 million plus in guaranteed money. That was an aberration. Nobody's yeah. in the wrong here. And this is why you have a stalemate. I feel like... I actually feel like both parties should take a little blame here. I feel like maybe the Ravens should have come with a bit of a better offer before they got to this point. I mean, before last season when they had an opportunity. I think, I think the offer not being what Lamar expected made Lamar's mind up for him as to what he was going to do following this past season. But I also feel like a big problem to this is that Lamar doesn't have representation. You yeah. got a player out here making um, possibly, I don't know for sure, possibly making emotional decisions that surround things that are not emotional numbers. Mm. And I don't know. I feel like that's where, like I said, both parties, in my opinion, have made some bad choices maybe we'll get into this at some point maybe tomorrow but field yates of espn also tweeted out teams that reportedly will not be pursuing a deal for lamar jackson include the falcons the dolphins the panthers the commanders and the raiders that's weird it's very weird this is a 26 year old former mvp that would dramatically change the projection of most of the teams that are listed there if not all of them and they're saying now nah, we're good that's very interesting fourth down can head coach Brian Dayball make the Daniel Jones deal worth it? Say it again. Can head coach Brian Dayball make the Daniel Jones deal, which, by the way, for those that might not know, four years, $160 million. Can he, with his coaching and the staff, make the Daniel Jones deal with the Giants worth it? Daniel Jones had his best season as a pro under Brian Dayball last year. He also yeah. was making rookie money which means that they could kind of build around him. Now that he's making like full-time starter money, legit starter money, we'll see how great that coaching staff is. And, and they did a hell of a job last year, don't get me wrong. But Jamie, you start, you start to pay the QB. Daniel Jones is still limited, despite, again, playing very well last year. Still limited. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just don't see this ending well. I just don't. I think, to your point, you're able to surround him with some pieces and... Brian Dable did a great job of utilizing the qualities that Daniel Jones had to, you know, help win football games. I think teams now have, I don't know, video on what's going on. They've got guys who are paid big money to coach against people like Daniel Jones. I just this, I see this being a bad decision by the Giants. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. If you've got a question for us, Air Comfort Service text line is 314-399-9646 or Sports 6 Pack is next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. 
If you have a question, Air Comfort Service tax line 314-399-9646. Time for the Sports Six Pack. Question number one. All right, let's start with the 314. I need a Stalter Rack for Detroit-style pizza while I'm in Motown for work this week. Oh, wow. Uh, pizza? That's not a great spot for pizza. I know Little Caesars is like, you know, the, the, that's the home. Pizza, pizza. But, Jamie, you know, pizza isn't great there. If you're going to... Uh, Jamie... Yeah. Um, There's not a lot of. I'm trying to think of. uh, I'm trying to some of the spots I went to when I lived there, but there's no way they're still around. What are they known for? Detroit. Yeah. Other than like having. Yeah, I mean music and and motor vehicles, the automobile industry. uh, Great uh, Greek community. Yeah, the uh, Greek town. Yeah, Greek town's awesome. They have like, do they have like some type of food where you're like, oh yeah, you know, we have like the toasted ravioli and they got a mishmash of everything. Yeah, you know, food wise, no, no, that's not not like a food that's, that's specific to Detroit. No, they have a lot of really nice restaurants, though. I'll tell you that much, good food. They got a place called Agave. I don't know if it's still a, uh, still in existence. It used to be a Mexican restaurant. It was yeah. a little bit of a high end Mexican restaurant downtown. Man, that was good. I would recommend. I would. I would recommend going to Greek Town. Yeah, downtown. I don't, if if you're it's downtown, it's been a while, so yeah. I don't know. Tough call. But I would go to Greek Town. I mean, if you like Greek food, if not, Royal Oak is Great the music spot. scene. Royal Oak, you, you, really, you can't you can't go wrong with. I mean, it's not like there's a specialty, but if you go to Royal Oak, the, the town, the little town, go down to go to their downtown spot. That that winds up being kind of a fun scene. It's a real fun scene. I don't know at this time of year. All year. Like in the summertime, I know it's it, no, it's fun to fun walk too. down. But yeah, that's a good spot. What about uh, Chelly's? Is that still there? Chelly's Chili Bar? I don't know if it's still downtown or not. I know the one out in Dearborn. I think they they sold it, uh, but he had two locations, one in Dearborn, one downtown. Chelly's Chili Bar was located right next to Ford Field. He opened it months before the Super Bowl that year. And he crushed it. Super Bowl was awesome that year. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he did well. The, the city of Detroit did a nice job with that Super Bowl. Yeah, they did. A little bit of smoke and mirrors going on there. A little bit. They did a good job. But they did it. We're getting a ton of text saying that Detroit-style pizza is like a big thing. I don't know. The it, pan no, pizza. It is. It's the pan pizza. Yeah, it's, it, it is. yeah but it's not like is... Chicago-style. Right. Think... It's not like that monstrous. No. Think Little work? Caesars. Think Little Caesars with uh-huh. like the pan, yeah, the big pan yeah. pizza. Uh, the style is a thing, but I'm I'm saying there's not, there's not a like a spot, like yeah. like St. Louis has emos. Correct. When you think of St. Louis, you, you kind of think of emos. Yes. Gotcha. That's what I'm saying. I do think of, uh, and I forgot about this, honey baked ham. Honey is that, baked, honey is that baked a big ham thing in Detroit. Uh, it, there is. I mean, yeah. it is, but you know, but it's, it's you know, not like you if, oh, you've had it before. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? What, what was that? Is this not a big thing? It's fine. It is, but like you could get honey baked ham kind of anywhere. Well, yeah, I mean you can get it here. I didn't know if it originated in Detroit. If somebody, if somebody said, "Hey, if I'm going to going to St. Louis, yeah. what would you recommend?" To me, there's there's two really distinct choices. You can't go wrong to me with the barbecue, and you can't mm-hmm. go wrong with uh, the hill. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, go to the hill. What spot? Doesn't matter. Yeah. In Detroit, I, there's not really, there's not really that spot. Mm. I can see why you moved. 
there are a lot of stuff in Detroit. It's mostly the suburbs. So, like, yeah. you, go, you go into Birmingham, um, you've got some serious restaurants here. Now, you're going to pay a mortgage mm-hmm. to eat, but it's nice. Go to Royal Oak. Go to the. Royal Oak's great. I lived in Novi. Yeah, it's, it's a good area, too. That's a good spot. Yeah, very mm-hmm. nice. All the Swedes lived out there. Did they? Yeah. Swedish Mafia like lived it. in Novi. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> we, like, totally roundabout that question. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next question. Question number two. Uh, we had a few people chiming in on this, but from the 618, are you guys going to respond to the pickleball challenge that the opening drive made on their show this morning? So I don't even know what the hell happened this morning on the opening drive. I did fire back a text asking, it was like, did they challenge us specifically or was it like all shows? Right. Apparently it was all shows that the opening drive, apparently they got up above, way above of their skis this morning, challenging all shows to pick mm. a ball. Anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Any place. Anytime, anywhere. I, you Absolutely. You want to rattle the cage? You want to rattle the cage? Lions up. Mm-hmm. The lion is awake now. Now what? And we're not talking about lion season in terms of the no, NFL. We're now talking we're about talking the, about the uh, heart the of the lion. Cat. Yeah. Don't want to mess with exactly. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So pickleball, sure. We'll take it. We'll take on anybody, anytime, anywhere. After we're done, we'll wipe the court with their tears. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's nice and clean for the next people. I like that idea. Basically, let's go. Bring it. I think we've answered that. Yeah. Question number three. You've been warned. From the 618. hours. Do you think the Jets close the deal by offering Aaron Rodgers 200 hands in five days of darkness? That would do it. What happened? I think that, I think that gets it done. If the Jets were to offer Aaron Rodgers... Mm. A hundred hands in five days of darkness. That gets it done. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. Next question. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question to this question. Go to the next question. Maybe uh, a case of ayahuasca sauce or whatever he was drinking. Well, hold on a second. This is from the 636. The fast lane's looking for another radio show to lose to. What are you talking about? I haven't lost to the wrist show yet. Not yeah. once. That's a right. here. Not this once. version of the fast lane Has doesn't lost. lose. Yeah. No. I was on the Rizzuto show today. They did an outstanding mm-hmm. job. Riz, to his credit, every single time. All five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was about seven. It's about seven they times. They probably upped it, though, because probably. they knew that you yeah. were there. And The Rizzuto uh-huh. show presented by the fast lane. Okay. Best pickleball team. There you go. So I don't I don't like I don't like that attitude. In fact, you know what? We're done here. You're only gonna mm-hmm. get three questions yeah. because of that. Because and and thank that texter. And we also have to break. What are you telling your organization if your best player doesn't even make the team out of spring training? And I think you know where Jamie's going with this. That's next on one when he's young. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, the Flag Day lineup will look different than the opening day because Jordan Walker will be on the Flag Day roster if he continues at this pace. If Carlson or one of the other guys gets hot in the spring, then Jordan Walker needs to go somewhere and play. I don't think he's a guy that can sit here and watch. He's got to go somewhere and play. 
And remember, he never played in AAA. And the reason why I'm good with that, I love their manager and their coaching staff in, in Memphis. So they'll get him even closer to being ready. But I don't think we'll see it unless somebody has an ouchie or a boo-boo and has a hamstring pull like Bobby Bonilla. Then I really see them just trying to say, let's keep him somewhere where he can continue to grow. That's Mike Claiborne. Claib's great stuff on the opening drive, I as mean, always. Six, six. How much more do you want him to grow? <laughs> well, Jamie, I think he, uh, I think Claib's was talking about his uh, his development, uh, his game. Yeah, of course, his I game needs to grow. Yeah, I need that from a height standpoint. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. Five oh five. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So the outfield will change from opening day to flag day. Jamie just asked me, "Hey, when, when is flag day?" I knew where it was. I was asking if you knew. June fourteenth. The only reason I know that is because I knew we'd be talking about this, and uh, I looked it up. Klaibs, Klaibs always has, like, Flag Day as the official start, kind of like the start of the season. Players, you get out of April, the cold weather, everybody has an opportunity to see, you know, X amount of at-bats. All right, boom, here we go. That's hmm. It's always been a Mike Claiborne thing, which is cool. Okay. What are you telling your organization? Yeah. If Jordan Walker doesn't start the year for you if he continues to do what he's doing right now well what are you telling everybody at, at, great point you know because like it's one thing what are you telling your team and you're telling your team that doesn't really matter what you do if you have a contract in play or you're a veteran guy you're going to get the opportunity and as a young guy well you just take it yeah you know, to sit there and enjoy your life yep what are you telling your fan base that's the biggest thing Quite honestly, as you have been very public as an organization from the top all the way down, that this is a competition year. For the first time, it's truly a competition year. We've said it before. We've kind of meant it, but we really mean it this year. Mm -hmm. And then it's, uh, we weren't really serious about it. I think that pisses everybody off. I think that fan base gets pissed off. I think the players get ticked off because if you're a young guy or even if you're a guy that – Let's say it's let's say it's Dylan Carlson, Lars Newbar, Tyler O'Neill, somebody who's kind of like got their spot to lose. Well, what if the situation was reversed where they had a phenomenal spring training, yet they give the opportunity anyways to Jordan Walker or to Juan Yepes or something? Having competition only carries weight if you truly mean it, and then if you truly reward the players that succeed. If you don't, then all of it's for nothing. You brought up the fan base, which I thought about. You thought you you talked about the talked about the team. Mm-hmm. One other person, I think it's dramatically impacted here. If you're talking about Jordan Walker not breaking camp with the club after he had a great spring training, what are you telling the other players on the team? What are you telling the fan base? What are you telling Ali Marmel? If you don't give him the the best the best group of twenty six. The best 26 players. Yeah. What are you telling him? And I'm, ta- I'm only talking about... to deal with it. Yeah. You're the I, manager. You manage the players we give you. Certainly. But, but we're, eh, you know... I get what you're saying. I, t- I, I agree with you. But I also look at it from the standpoint of John Mosella. I could be like, hey, Ollie, manage you don't understand all the stuff involved in sure. this, okay? Go manage the players you've got. And if it doesn't work out three weeks from now, a month from now... You'll be managing different players. Sure. I don't agree with that. And the only reason I don't agree with it is because this year they've announced it. It's kind of been the tagline of spring training is that it's truly a competition. Mm-hmm. 
So for them to to have, to backtrack or to you know veer off the course, I feel like that's just disingenuous to a lot of parties involved, the players, the fans, the manager. I mean, everybody. I'm so with you. I feel like I feel like the Cardinals will do the right thing this year. What that is is reward the players who who deserve it. Yeah, and figure out the roster matrix. Like, oh, what happens in the outfield? I don't care. What happens with the DH? And uh, I don't care. Here's the thing that I have with it is it will sort itself out. Absolutely. What happens with the outfield? Who's my best players? Mm-hmm. Those guys are in. Yeah. Who's my next best player? He's my fourth outfielder. Yeah. Who's my next best player? I'm sorry about your luck. Um, you've got options or you don't or we're looking to make a move. Or you're just a bench player. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. At some point, you have to like live by the standard you're creating. Sure. The games all count in April. The games all count in April. I realize the Cardinals had a you know a a 42 game win streak two years ago. I don't know if it was that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we went up to Chicago. We saw some of it. It was great. Set the record up there. We were at Wrigley Field. Fantastic. Is that your knee? That was my knee. That sounded like a celery stick broke in half. <laughs> you all right, kid? I feel better now. <laughs> I was like, why is it not straightening out? <laughs> oh, there we go. You want to play in the NHL, kids? Yeah. Well, listen to this. Listen to this. I don't know where I was. Anyways, 42-game win streak two years ago to make the playoffs. Great. How about, how about not needing that because you started off fast? Uh-huh. How about taking the trade deadline and saying... We're in a great we're in a we're in a great spot right now. Let's make it even better by making a big deal, as opposed to saying, "Ah, you know what? Well, let's get a couple of starters and we'll piece this thing together." Uh, uh-uh. the games in April count the same as the games in September. Come out of the gates fast with your best team. A lot, of, you know, we got we got a couple of weeks to go here. We'll see if Jordan Walker can continue this. But if, if he's on this pace, there's absolutely, positively no reason for the Cardinals not to start opening day with him. And I and I predicted that he wouldn't start spring training, or he wouldn't, excuse me, start opening day, because I've been under the impression that they will, they'll have Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson and Lars Newbar, and they'll, yeah. they'll do that song and dance. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Here's what I believe this year in particular. If they... If they adhere to what they're saying, this will sort itself out. Come opening day, this will sort itself out. Not everybody can can play great. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can. Not at the same time. Some guys will start to feel the pressure. So good players, bad players, whatever, they'll start to feel the pressure. Whether it's Jordan Walker that feels the pressure of you know, trying to beat somebody out and then he goes through some struggles, that would straighten it, that would sort itself out, wouldn't it? If it's Juan Yepes, if it's... Burleson, if it's O'Neill, Carlson, somebody at some point is going to struggle, whether it's just because of lack of ability or they're in their own headspace. This usually finds a way to sort itself out. No doubt. So I'm anxious to see come the end of spring training when it's time to make these decisions where everybody's at. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We still need Mike Jobs for the biggest question of the day, which is coming up in about uh, 20 minutes or so. 
So, again, plenty of time. Get in a mic drop. What's the biggest question of the day? It could be anything that you wanted to ask, Jamie and I. Sports-related, non-sports-related, doesn't matter. Uh, you can uh, you can always ask us the biggest question of the day. You can also show off your NCAA tournament knowledge by signing up to play in this year's 101 ESPN Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. Register now to participate at 101ESPN.com. Once the bracket is set, make your picks for this year's tournament. Completely free to enter. Top score will take home a $250 wow. Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. You can see the contest rules and get signed up to play in our Bracket Madness Challenge now at 101ESPN.com. It's the 101 ESPN's Bracket Madness Pick'em Challenge. It's brought to you by Neutral and Twin Peaks. We've got Blues, Coyotes tonight, pregame starting at 7 o'clock. And one of the aspects here that we're going to talk about with this with this game here uh, is, you know, the the best route to take if you're the Blues in the front office and you're looking at not only this game, but moving on past this game, Jamie, move on to next year. Yeah. Best route for the Blues with their late, their two late first round picks and how that looks and how you set up for the future. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Doug Armstrong listed off a couple of different options for the Blues and what they could do with their picks. We put our GM hats on. What is the best route for the Blues in terms of setting themselves up for the future? Well, let's first hear from Doug Armstrong, who laid out his potential draft plans. You know, we're going to go in with an open mind. Obviously, our amateur scouts are going to prepare to have three first-round picks and uh, two-thirds. But if you just look at the draft capital itself, so what what we can do is is maybe package those uh, later picks with our top pick and move up. I don't think we will move back with our high first-round pick. But with those two seconds... You can hear those two later first. We can package those for one pick a little higher. We could pick both of those. We could use one of those to move back and get two seconds. So you end up with a two first, two seconds, two thirds. Also, you can use those picks to get players a trade. And if we do that, though, it won't be for a player that has one year left on his contract. It's going to be UFA. It'll be a player. If we use those picks for players, it's going to be players that we see envision in our group for a number of years moving forward that fit into that, you know, that, anywhere from 23 to 27 uh, age bracket. So it was Doug Armstrong yesterday on the opening drive. Did, was he outside? It sounded like I heard, I heard like birds. Birds. Mm. Is it a big bird, Anthony? No. No, Jamie. Mm. You hear that one. You would. Mm? Absolutely. So Doug Armstrong talking about the various moves that he could make. Jamie, I highly doubt he sits and picks for these the, – the majority, I think, the majority of the, the the draft selections. I don't think he just sits and picks. Um, I think he I think he couples some of this together and makes a move this off season. Well, he has to, right? So salary cap wise, I shouldn't say he has to. I think it's in his best interest to do so. Salary cap wise, you're going to be up against it a little bit in the off season, so you're going to look to add a three or four million dollar player. And that's usually in the bracket of the 25 to 27-ish, depending on when the player came into the league and what his current contract is. When I look at the Blues right now, they've got you know, a ton of picks. They've got six, seven, eight, nine picks this year 
in seven rounds. They don't have a second rounder, but they have three first round picks. I would imagine that the Rangers and the Leafs picks are going to be probably pretty low in the first round, meaning, you know, 25 to 30 ish range, maybe higher. Whereas their, their actual pick will be higher, be closer to the top. So I think army uses that pick on a player because it's a very good draft. And then you're going to see, you're going to see some action here. There's going to be some movement. Army's going to couple either prospects or draft picks together. He has to go get some rostered players. You can't go into, you can't, in my opinion, go into next year with the current roster that you have, add Jake Neighbors, because he'll be back, even though, and that's it. Because that's literally what it would be if you don't make a splash in free agency. And you're not going to have the salary cap space to make a splash as everybody would like it to be. You're going to have about $8 million left when all said and done and players are qualified and re-signed and, you know, whatever. What are you getting for $8 million? I mean, you get one player? Does that move the needle? No. Not to the extent. Uh, it, it does, but. It, but why would you handicap you yourself? Yeah. Why would you handicap yourself right. with a team that didn't make the playoffs, running it back with almost the exact same roster, add one player? Mm-hmm. A seven million dollar player because you wouldn't go right to the eight million. You wouldn't want to strap yourself like that. So if I'm Doug Armstrong, yeah, I'm using my first pick, and then I'm taking whatever picks I have after that, and we're going to work. Phones on, phones on. Who's got somebody that needs a new home? Who's got a young player that they're not sure of? Give me a call. Again, Doug Armstrong was on the opening drive yesterday. They also asked him about free agency. Uh, free agency is going to be an interesting time. When you look at this year's class, it doesn't seem to have the the top-end superstar power. And even if it did, this wouldn't be a year for St. Louis to to get into that. I, I think we're going to be that team in, in a, a year from now or like the free agency or the summer after that where you, you, you look and say, okay, I, you know, right now for us, you look at a player like Bolduke or a play, player like Snoggerud, we know who they are. But current NHL players – don't know who they are. If they do, they just know that they're high-scoring prospects. You know, if you're going to sign with the team, you want to know that they're high-scoring NHL players. So I think we're in a good spot to grow, but I don't think this is the summer for us to to do what we've done in the past and go all in and free agency. Yeah, and you won't have the cap space either. Right. I mean, Army's right. The way he's approaching it is 100% correct, and this is why you have guys on your team right now like Kasperi Kapanen, like Jacob Verena. This is why you have those guys. They fall into that salary cap hit that you can you can manage. stomach mm-hmm. and manage, yet they have tremendous upside. And so you're going to be looking for more players like that. I could see Army making a run at Ivan Barbashev again and saying, hey, Barbie, you know, maybe he doesn't get that $4 million he's thinking he's going to get. Maybe it's more in the $3 million. Maybe Army bring runs it back with Ivan Barbashev. Mm-hmm. Again, a little bit of a Swiss Army knife for you. Play center, play left wing, play right wing, power play, penalty kill. Maybe that's an option. Yeah. But it's going to be players like that that you take a look at. I also think now's the perfect offseason. And I've mentioned this with the Cardinals before. I would love for them to, to take on a one-year prove-it player. A couple of those, in fact. I don't know. I don't. In what I, way? What do you mean? A young guy, so an for old base, guy. No, for, like, so so in baseball, you you know you know the league better than I do when it comes to hockey and and who's available next next offseason. Okay, but when it comes to baseball, this the last two years, last year Carlos Rodon one year deal, 
coming off an injury with the White Sox. You don't know what he is. One-year deal with a, you know, with an option. But you don't have a salary cap in baseball, Anthony. But there's there had Jamie. There has to be guys. They're the rec. They're serious reclamation projects at that point. You just mentioned somebody though, in Ivan Barbashev, who mm-hmm. who wouldn't be a, a reclamation project. But you said maybe he doesn't get the deal he's hoping for. That fit that sort of player fits fits what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You you wait. You wait in the weeds. Guys not guys not listening to the guys not loving the offers. And you sign in a one year. Or maybe it's an injury situation, a player coming off an injury plagued year. Unfortunately, it's also his free agent year. Those type of players, they have to be out there. I realize it's a salary cap sport. So they guy, have to be out there. A guy I would target, quite honestly, is a guy like James Van, James Van Riemsdyk. He's 33 years old, a little bit of a, on the older scale of things. And Trevor's he, brother. It is, actually. Oh. Um, and he ended up with a pretty good cap hit here in his last go round. He had a nice contract. He has not put up the numbers. Like his cap hit seven million. He's he not going to get that. Right. So he's he's a guy that you could be like a one year deal. Here's a one year deal, three million. Exactly. It's a prove it year. This is a former guy that scored a lot of goals in the NHL. Uh, he, so much so that he got himself that seven million dollars a year. If we go back through his goals, he had thirty six goals. Not too long. 27 goals, 24 goals two years ago. Like, maybe he's a guy, and he's a big body, net front presence, maybe for $3 million, 2.5 to $3 million. He's your guy that you're talking about. Exactly. James, come That's in. That's just an example. Come in, play well. Play well for a year. Reset your market. We need, we need bridge players. You want another bite at the apple, but you got to play well. Come on in, play well. I think it's. I think those type of players. Yeah, you don't guarantee past one year. No, because you're, you're looking at it saying, "Hey, listen, you know, you get to reset your market. We get the best version of you." Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, Ryan O'Reilly might fall into this category. Yeah. Um, but the problem I have with Ryan O'Reilly is that if he falls into that category, why wouldn't the Leafs resign him? Because they're going to need some salary cap relief in the form of players that will take less to play there. Unfortunately, Ryan O'Reilly uh, broke his finger. He's out for four weeks again. It doesn't leave him a tremendous amount of runway to show that he's a six, seven million dollar player anymore, unless he goes and has an amazing playoffs, which I hope he does. Yeah, I hope he does. But what if he doesn't? What if he has a good playoffs, but he's had a e season, injuries piling up? Like, what is this player? Maybe the Leafs go, yeah, we'll give you three million. You know, keep you around. Then the Blues go, we'll give you 3 5. We'll give you 4 million. Mm-hmm. Come back, Ryan. Maybe that's the kind of guy. Makes a, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We'll get our biggest question of the day next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Marsh has our selection for biggest question of the day. Yeah, guys, this one comes from Patrick. Anthony and Jamie, you both have been on the Rizzuto show. What is the most fun, exciting thing about doing that show compared to your show, which is more of a sports-oriented show? Jamie? 
It's a good question, by the way. It's a really good question. Uh, well, a couple things. One, uh, contrary to popular belief, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're really good friends with everybody over there on that show. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, I love, I love Riz. He's a dear friend of mine. Moon, uh, King Scott, Learn, who's now uh, been on that show quite a bit. Liv, who's been on that show. All these people are great friends of ours. So it's always fun to go and just talk. So we get to be donkeys on this show quite a bit, especially you, Anthony. Thank you, Jimmy. And, uh, but it is surrounding sports content. Whereas on the Rizzuto show, uh, you know, it's different content. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So you get to kind of, you know, figuratively let your hair down a little bit and kind of get after it. And like I said earlier, Riz does such an incredible job with the show and we have such a good time. It's just a different, different vibe, but lots of fun. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the things that, while, while scary and you didn't know what, what you know what was going on not only in the world but how do how do we attack things from our standpoint because there was there was no sports but one of the things that that jamie and i really came to enjoy about not of course the pandemic but the radio that we did during the pandemic was that we got to branch out the expectation wasn't to talk sports because nobody knew when the hell sports was going to come back and yes, we track the progress of Major League Baseball and all that. But one of the fun aspects of doing radio with Jamie during that time is we talked about uh, Tiger King. We talked about various shows that we were watching or movies or all sorts of family stuff. Family stuff. I mean, Jamie had the, the family rankings that his youngest daughter was conducting within the house. Oh, yeah. I, I had told one time we just opened the show and, and I said, what is the... What is the thing in your house that you tend to, the item in your house that you tend to fight with that is ridiculous? Like mine was this hose that I couldn't properly wrap wrap up in the garage. I want, I'm like, this thing owns me every day. And Jamie goes, got one for you. And it was an extension. Yeah, the blue extension. The blue extension cord. So that became a thing. We got to branch out. Now when sports came back, we got back into our lane. The fast lane. Wow, man. Like that? Well done. So... Going on the Rizzuto show, there's two elements that I, I, I think are fun. Jamie touched, touched on one in that we get to work with guys who we respect in the industry that, you know, want, that, do, that, that do something else and they do it well. So to step in and be a part of their show and not know where Riz is going and you don't know what the topic is going to be, that's fun. That is an element where you, you can embrace if you truly enjoy radio. It's provocative. It is. It's so provocative. That's how I felt when I went on TMA, too. Those guys do a great job at they just do. letting the conversation sort of just play out. Totally. And they use the text line and whatnot, and the listeners call in, and they kind of direct where the conversation goes. But that almost just feels like you're just talking with friends, like right. at a bar or and we wherever. Tr- and we try to create that right. element in the fast lane. We do. But we also play by certain rules. You, we, we know that you want to hear a certain amount of Cardinals talk, a certain amount of Blues talk. Now, of course, a certain amount of City talk yeah, or, Black, baby. Or, or Battle Hawks talk. We, we kind of play within that, 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 that structure, right? When you go on a Rizzo show, we talk for a full hour today, six to seven, no breaks. The conversation went in different directions. It's this free-flowing format, so I love that. The other element that I find to be great, and Jamie also said this too about Riz. 
you may not appreciate it unless you really tune in but for me to sit there as as a driver of this show and to listen to Riz do you know drive his show he's he is one of the best in the business his transitions from topic to topic the ability to pivot on a dime when he realizes the conversation has run dry his knowledge of various things his ability to kind of interview co-hosts without actually interviewing them Riz is incredibly prepared yet lets the conversation go where it goes he is one of the best in the business so me to sit back on today's show and just kind of observe or any other times that I'm on the Riz show to observe somebody that has dominated ratings dominated the you know the his listeners are loyal watching the kind of the behind the scenes is fascinating so those are the two elements that i find to be exciting yeah it's great stuff man it's always a lot of fun uh being a part of it and it's fun to just kind of bring your own thoughts and personality to it and they've got so many different personalities over there of course you know with jeff burton um when he was a part of the show such a witty guy so funny so many little one-liners so many things that you just like you pause you go what just happened what <laughs> what did he just say yeah so and now they've replaced that with you know several different personalities and i think actually i think that's a true tell too about the risotto show is that the show has maintained momentum with so many different people in and out and in and out and in and out during yeah, this last easy, period of time you know. and that's not easy so that's a lot of fun yeah it is yeah so they they do uh they do a tremendous job and i'm glad that you know that they're one of our sister stations by the way anthony you mentioned obviously talking non-sports things uh during covid uh one of the texters texted in from the 636 i love the full episode devoted to figuring out rob manfred's middle name oh yeah was that one of the episodes you guys had oh probably that uh that was the that was Jeff that Passons was the height, fast lane. rob manfred's middle name yeah that was that wasn't Stolter and Rivers. That was no. that was the fast lane that we we're trying to figure out. Gotcha. Yeah, Rob Manfred's middle name. Uh, Anthony, did they figure I, it out? We had an interesting. No, I don't think. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we did. Did we? So, well, Texter did. Hmm. They went to like a like Google. It was like from a an encyclopedia a grave site, oh. I think. A grave site. Yes. It what? was a. I think. It, I think his his middle name might have been his grandfather's name or father's name. I don't oh know. Texture is it not on Wikipedia. No, it's not. Really? Uh-uh. Jamie, what were we going to say? Um, I don't know. Anthony? You, you, you said Anthony Several and I. head traumas. Um, oh, we had a one time where everybody was doing their Mount Rushmores. You brought this up <laughs> earlier. And during that time, yeah, people are trying to create content, and it's like your top ten list, your top five, and it's like, oh, you're Mount Rushmore of mm-hmm. basketball players, let's just say. And, you know, we go through our Mount Rushmore of blues players and go through it. Anthony and I, it took us a while. Our Mount Rushmore uh, had five. Yeah. Had five presidents. Five faces. Yeah. Five faces of what? Uh, Whatever we were talking about. Anything. We uh, we didn't realize. faces. Yeah, but Andrew, we didn't realize that Mount Rushmore only has four presidents. Yeah, we added a president. Well, you know what? They they thought about it, I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Yeah. I mean, according to what I understand is after listening to us talk about it, they felt like maybe it's time to add that fifth one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Construction still TBD. I'm yeah. Not, I mean, it's yeah. he's got a lot of paperwork. Right. Uh, Texter right away said, hey, guys, uh, probably called us idiots. Hey, idiots. 
there's only four there's only presidents four. on we Mount Rushmore. We had to Rushmore. go on Google and figure And we said... <laughs> I mean, I'm Canadian. It's forgivable. You? Oh, my. Well, no, Jamie. What did we say? Our, Our. <laughs> Mount Rushmore has five. You didn't read the fine print. It's a quick pivot there. I'm sure there would be five if there wasn't, like, a national treasure inside yeah. of Mount Rushmore, you know? In Abe Lincoln's, there. You know, in Abe Lincoln's head, there's, yeah. there's a... Wait, Abe Lincoln's on there? <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a secret, there's a secret, like, no, well, it's not a secret, obviously, but there's, there's like a vault in his head where they keep a lot of, yes, various U.S. In his head or in his hat? In his head. He doesn't have the hat. I know. They should add that, Which is actually ridiculous that they didn't put the hat. Well, they didn't finish it. Well, maybe, well, I guess they can't put, put rock on there. They had to, you know. They did not finish Mount you can Rushmore. Always add rock. Oh, I think you told me that they were going to build the whole, the whole gonna, body. They were going to build. I think. I think it was supposed to go to the waste. That's why George Washington had kind of like the start. Yeah. Have you ever seen Mount Rushmore? I have. Yeah, oh who, no, not not live. Not not live person. Started not that. live. Not live. <laughs> Whoever started that got their calculations wrong. This is why they didn't go half body or full body. They went a little too big to start with. Mount Rushmore is <laughs> not as large as you think it is, Anthony. Oh, no? No. It's built a little low to the ground. <laughs> Whoopsies. Yeah. And so when they went to go full body, like, we're yeah. never going to get there. It's not This great. is just going to be a bust. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that was a good on one. On that. Thank that you, Richard. Really All right. We'll wrap up the show. When we come back, criticisms, compliments. Next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Coyotes pregame starting at 7 o'clock. We've got the game for you, of course, right here on 101 ESPN. We do have the instant replay show coming up between 6 and 7, though. So a little instant replay. Then get to the Blues and the Arizona State Coyotes on 101 ESPN. Talked a lot of Cardinals today, Blues today. Got a little football action as uh, some breaking news started to trickle out about Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones. Listen to the podcast, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It'll be available at 101ESPN.com or download the 101 ESPN mobile app. We did also talk about Jordan Walker today, and I think uh, we got a quote from Mo. Well, you know, I think you guys were missing a key aspect of, of, of what we look at as, as leaders of this club. You know, with a guy like, like Jordan Walker, for example, you know, if he makes if he makes the team, great. But you have to look at what does that do to our championship aspirations down in Memphis, right? And it takes a big hit. And you know, Jordan can can play a big a big part in in helping us get a title down there. And you know, I think you know we we play this game. To, to win championships. And if, if he gives us a better chance down in AAA, then that's where he's going to be. You know, we still have guys like, like Lars Nupar that can make a big impact at, at the big league level. You know, and if Jordan can go down and, and put up 
Aaron Judge type numbers for, for Memphis. I think, again, we all call that a win. And ultimately, you know, you have to look at it's all about championships at an organizational level. And, you know, <laughs> Jordan fits the bill, and I, and I think he's going to be great down in Memphis. That's our mo. I mean, it is all about winning. It is. You know? And he's right. One thing that we got to keep in mind. Jordan Walker, you take him, the the Memphis projections, you put him in the lineup, you're likely winning a championship at the uh, the minor league level. So You want your young prospects to have lived winning. What better way to do it than at the minor league level? Uh, Totally. The Memphis Mafia won at the minor league level and then came up here and won at the big league level. There you go, Andy. Something to think about. Look at you just spitting truth. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. And just overall. Mm. Spitting. Everywhere. Chicklets. <laughs> All right, what do we got for criticisms compliments? Yeah, Jamie, he asked the... Well, not the biggest question of the day, but a reoccurring question all day. Uh, if you were a big bird or a small bird kind of person, Anthony, and from the 618, I'm a Fred Bird kind of guy. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. yeah, well said. And now, Fred Bird, I mean, one, he's a very large cardinal, but like, is he considered a small bird that just outgrew all of his peers, or is he now a big bird? Like, I don't get it. Like, he wouldn't be in the big bird category because it's a cardinal, but he's a massive bird. He outgrew mm-hmm. all yeah. of his so he's a, brethren. Well, he's, is a cardinal a big bird or is it a small bird? I think a cardinal's a smaller small bird. So maybe bird, he is a Fred bird. Maybe he's a big small bird. Is yeah. a big bird mm-hmm. from the hmm. small bird classification. Net net. 100%. He's, yeah, he's Fred bird. He's a mutant. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Button bird for mm-hmm. form. Button bird form. He does like mutants, ninja birds. Yeah, yep. he's like a, you know, he does karate, baseball fights birds. crime. Absolutely. He yeah. paints. Does a lot of good things. Yeah. From the 314, shout out to Jamie Rivers. He's a better soccer commentator than Alexi Lawless. I don't oh. disagree at all. What has that guy ever done? You know? In the sport of soccer. Not much. I can tell you. I, no, I, I really can't that. tell you. You don't know who he is? Oh, Remember that guy? I do. He used to have that big, long goatee. Absolutely. And he had that crazy little necklace. He played pretty hard, though. I'll tell you that much. I liked watching him play. I don't know much about him as a broadcaster, but thank you, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed his work in Xena, uh, Warrior Princess, and um, Spartacus. Sure. By the way, we got a text from the 636. His name is Redbird. <laughs> he is red. And he is a bird. It's very yeah. confusing. Uh-huh. It's like uh, Louie. Bluey. Or some people call him Bluey. That's it. Some people is you, Anthony. You called him Bluey forever. <laughs> I, called, I called him Bluey in one segment. Yeah. Hey, Bluey. And the best part is neither of you corrected me. It came from the text line. It says his name is Louie. Louie. We all missed it. Well, maybe we just didn't want you to feel bad. Again. Again. <laughs> what has it ever stopped you before? That's a good point. Well, Anthony. just when I've said something yeah. dumb. I think that you said it with such conviction 
that we doubted ourselves in that moment. <laughs> you, you literally were I like, well, know. you know, they got Bluey. And then it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Did, I, Bluey. Oh maybe it gosh. is Bluey. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have change, no idea. Did they I, change the name? I've only seen Louie on the back of his jersey forever, but yeah. I'm like, Wah. He seems to know. Salter seems pretty sure of himself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Bowie's up to? Uh, right now? Taking souls. Yes. Oh, he's uh, taking uh, souls. For sure. No, he's taking reservation for playoff tickets. Wow. He is. They got some, They got a good offense, man. They play very fast. Yeah. Very fast. Mm. We were just talking about Mount Rushmore, and it sounded like you guys were making up a complete fabricated story. Nope. Uh, we got a text from the 636. This sounds a lot like a Home Alone was filmed in a school thing. Oh, okay. We've all that seen was, the house. That was filmed in a school. Uh, school. A high school. I just drove past this house actually a number of weeks ago. Uh huh. It's in Winnetka, Illinois. Yeah. And it's a home, and it's real. Jamie, you're right. It is Thank a home you. that exists. And they filmed inside of that home. No, that's incorrect. Anthony, they built a set. I can tell you this. In a high school, they filmed and filmed it there scenes inside of that home hmm. the water scene you can have your school gymnasium somewhere there are parts of it though that were actually filmed inside the home the outside stop of it stop misleading sure. our listeners but the film how do you think they got its all majority. those cardboard cutouts to dance in front of the window Jamie, while the robbers flooded wet bandits are sitting outside a basement. okay how do you flood a basement I just gave yeah, you the basement scene. You need to give me a lot more than that when it, it comes to, to home. Enough last time. No, I've never agreed with you on this. Last thing here, gentlemen. You two talked about uh, some some things in the house that uh, you just didn't didn't really get along with during COVID, or maybe you still don't. We got a text from the five seven three. Anthony pools own you. Oh yeah, there's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah, you decide to, you know, play some games with the kids in a pool and you fire off one side, go into the side of it, ram your head right into the side of the pool, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you got problems with pools. Okay. <laughs> we'll fine. All right, that'll do it for us in the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. For Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Instant replay show coming up from 6 to 7. Blues and Coyotes pregame at 7. We'll have the game for you as well on the Blues Radio Network. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.